Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Again, for another week of debauchery and fun stuff, I'm the loaf with me, the Zom. Hey. I am sick. Again, I cannot stay well. Fuck retail. It blows. Dirty, pe- dirty people coming in and spreading their germs, making us sick. I hate it. Um, this week, uh, we're, uh, let's see, we're at episode 34. We're doing a Magnificent Bastard episode this week. Uh, Chow Young Fat is our Bastard of the Week. And uh, the two films we are doing of his, a John Woo film from 1986 called A Better Tomorrow. Woo-hoo. And a Ringo Lamb picture from 1987 called Prison on Fire. So... Should be fun. Uh, everybody probably knows my uh, issues with the killer by now, and if not, it's just that I like half of it. Basically, everybody loves the movie so much, and I'm just like, eh. The stuff with the blind <laughs> chick kind of gets on my nerves. So, Loaf does not like blind people. Fuck blind people. Fucking motherfuckers. Like Peter Falcon is one stupid blind eyeball. <laughs> I half hate him. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about those soon. Uh, Zom, okay. how, was, how was your week, sir? Uh, it's good. It's good. Um, it got really warm, and then when I was just getting excited about how warm it was, it dropped down to about oh thirty degrees <laughs> in the morning, and it's really cold. And I'm surprised I'm not sick, but I'm not. Yeah, it's got, it's it's pretty <laughs> chilly here too. Um, I went out wearing flip-flops last night. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> um, flip-flops. Pretty uh, pretty slow week for me. Um, I did... Uh, I I uh, managed, I guess you could say, our our weekly church service at the theater this week. We always, we rent the theater out to a church group, and it was their Easter service. But And the, um, the, the preacher had some awesome screams that we kept hearing, like the... You know, it's like singing screams. They were they were so fantastic. Your preacher's like David Lee Roth. Yes. <laughs> Ow. He does had, he jump up like does he wear chaps with like uh, no pants on underneath? And well, I, I will say that the, the first time I met this guy, he was wearing a tank top and jeans, and he has nice. a fucking Superman tattoo on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! He has, As John like, Wayne would say, he truly is the son of 
God. He has a um he has kind of like a kind of a moose mullet a little bit and, and, a, and an earring, yeah. Um but super nice guy. Anyways. It'd be fun to watch. It'd be a good. I mean, even uh, it's a good show. I don't have to sit in on it. I sit in the I sit in the uh, office and watch movies, so I just have to be there and <laughs> have the place open. But I can still wow. hear him screaming. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been watching this week, sir? All right. Okay. And this time I didn't write it down. I just IMDb'd everything. So I'm going to click backwards as I tell you what I've been watching. Um, the first thing I watched was Queen of the Sun. What are what are the bees telling us? It's a 2010 documentary. I was um, walking on the trail this morning because when I came home, I ate like a lot of food, <laughs> and I thought, you know, okay, I'm about ready to fall asleep. So because I didn't get any sleep, and if I'm going to do the podcast, I better try and stay awake. So I was listening to the majority report with Sam Cedar in my ear holes as I was walking, and that's a liberal commie pinko podcast. I say, you pinko. And he had a um, an interview with the guys, the two guys that uh, the director and some of the people that ran it or whatever. Uh, it's really good, and um, it's it's thought provoking. But not only that, really, um, it's on Netflix Instant Watch right now, and. If they put this out in Blu-ray, um, or even you know just like a high, because you know just watching it in high def or whatever, it is just a beautiful movie to watch. Even just on my computer on Netflix Instant Watch, um, the there's so the just the um, cinematography and everything with the flowers and the colors and everything is really really cool. Uh, it's a good documentary. Yeah, uh, check it out on Netflix Instant Watch and it's on iTunes too if you wanted to actually buy it I guess uh, and if you know they said they have the, the DVDs for sale on Amazon so it's it would probably be a good cause to support uh, these guys are pretty good filmmakers it's interesting too next thing I watched was Il Mercenario uh, also known as a professional gun uh, from 1968 or The Mercenary and this stars Franco Nero, uh, Tony Masante, and Jack Palance. And uh, this movie fucking is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had, I had never seen it. I think I've had it for a while, and I yeah. thought I had seen it. And I think the one I was thinking of was the um, uh, Companeros, which has um, Nero, Jack Palance, and Thomas Millian. But this is a totally different movie, and uh, Franco Nero um, plays uh, Sergei Kowalski. They call him the Polak. The whole the whole movie, <laughs> which I can relate to because I am like a quarter of a Polak. Uh, some say a hundred percent. Jack Palance is fucking awesome in this because he plays this like kind of uh, villainous gambler guy, and his mm-hmm. name's Curly. And he has this, like, I mean, his hair is curled like gorgeous George. And it's like he won't even wear a cowboy hat because he's really vain. And you can tell he puts, like, big curlers in his hair because his hair has those big cur- – not like a not like a, an afro. Right, right, but right. But, like, these big – like, a, my mom used to have a wig like that back in the early 70s. You know? <laughs> and um, there's a there's a, a scene in it where um, um, uh, Tony Masante is, like, almost like a Pancho Villa kind of a guy. And um, – Franco Nero is the you know, the t- titular mercenary that's helping him, and um, they kind of foil a Jack Palance ambush, and then they make him take off all of his clothes, 
uh, and they're going to leave him out like in the desert. And um, when he get when they get to the shirt, Franco Neros tells him, says, "No, no, leave him, leave, leave him with that on." He said, "I think I mean, if he said he's he's too he's not good looking enough, or he's too ugly or repulsive to uh, to be completely naked or something." And Jack Palance walks over to Tony Masante and says. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kill you. And then he walks over and gets face to face with Franco Nero and just like sticks his chest out and, and takes the shirt off and turns and walks away. And he's fucking completely naked. It was awesome. <laughs> and uh, Okay. So that one's worth watching. Faux show. Next thing I watched was a movie that I had never heard of, and it's called, uh, last embrace, uh, from 1979. And, um, it's got a fucking I, – I don't know. It's uh, Jonathan Demme is the director. Roy, it has Roy Scheider in it, uh, Christopher Walken, Charles Napier, and Roy Scheider's the star. And um, it uh, – I mean Walken is young as shit in this. Uh, not, I mean not super young. It's 1979. But it's, it's pretty good. Like um, uh, Scheider – is a kind of a professional CIA kind of assassin kind of a guy and his wife gets killed. Well, then he has a nervous breakdown and it kind of goes from there. But Napier compared – I was listening to the fucking one podcast where we covered the Napier movies and uh, we were talking about how he looked in this big, giant, weird-looking, horribly cut suit. Well, in this movie, he was still – he wasn't really that old, I don't think, and but he was impressive looking. I mean, he was a big guy. Uh, whereas that movie that we uh, covered, that was like, uh, I don't know if it was made in Mexico or where the hell it was made. Uh, uh, he looked almost a lot older, and he looked skinnier. But he's pretty good in this. He's like, if I was going to kill you, you'd be laying over there with my sister. So anyway, with the chin. Um, Next thing I watched, uh, I got All the President's Men at the Walmart for $5, and this movie is just fucking fantastic. Um, I've never seen that one. uh, On the trailer that I posted, I didn't realize that it had won so many uh, Oscars. Oh. Uh, It won a shitload uh, for like Best Supporting, Best – I think it got Best Picture, uh, Best screenplay. It, it just got a shitload of awards, um, and it's really fucking good. Uh, and then the on the um, the uh, special features, um, you have um, Robert Redford uh, doing like a commentary because he produced it, and uh, it's got a great cast too. I mean, like uh, Dustin Hoffman and Redford or Woodward and Bernstein, Jack Warden, Martin Balsam, Hal Holbrook, Jason Robards. It's uh, Ned Beatty. You can just go down through the list, and there's a whole shitload of people in there. It's really good. So if you haven't seen that one, it's awesome. Like you know, uh, we were saying how good Hoffman was in. Um, what was the movie called? Prison? Straight Time. Straight Time. I mean, he's he's fantastic. And the rest of the guys are too. And this is really good. Another liberal hippie movie. Okay, <laughs> next movie I watched uh, goes along with uh, my goatee that I'm growing. And it is uh, 300, uh, a Zack Snyder <laughs> film. I'm trying to get <laughs> Leonidas, uh, um, whatchamacallit, goatee. Uh, I don't know. It was on TV, and it's got Fastbender in it, and you know, which. And when I first saw it, and I when I first saw it, I was like, "Man, this movie's fucking rocks!" And I didn't even know who Fastbender was at the time because he was nobody. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, 
it's got a lot of uh, – I'm telling you what, um, I would put this up there with Top Gun as you know, one of the most homoerotic movies of all time. Because <laughs> – those Spartans didn't dress like that, and they they didn't fucking look like bodybuilders and all this shit. It was – I don't know what the hell. Frank Miller, he's just like weird. Uh, next thing I watched – now, this was a surprise, and I didn't even – I don't even know – I mean I know how I have it. I don't know why I chose it. It's um, a French movie in uh, 1967 called Fleur d'Ocelet or The Sorrel Flower. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was looking down through the list of like the people in it and everything. I never heard of anybody. Uh, the the main girl in it is uh, Mirelle Dark or D A R C, hmm. uh, Anouk Forshak, Fanny Robain, and all these people. I don't even know who they are. But it it ended up, it was really fucking good. It was. Um, it started out a little slow. Well, no, it didn't start out slow. It started out really fast. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Um, but it basically has to do with this woman who was a um, the girlfriend of a gangster. And he's trying to steal all this money. And then it ends up she's pregnant and she goes to a place to have the baby. And everybody thinks she knows where all this money is. And this like a, a group of um, – of um, kind of gangster guys are trying to get her, and it's it's. I was surprised. It it only has like a five point two rating on IMDb, but once it got down to it, and some of the characters and stuff were pretty damn funny. Uh, you know, they uh, one guy used a very creative um, usage of the word "cunt," which <laughs> made me laugh. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, next thing I watched, uh, Outfoxed, Rupert Murdoch's War on Journalism. Uh, if you haven't seen this one, uh, it's from 2004, but it's fucking fantastic. I mean, they just – they have people that worked for Fox on there and you know, basically telling how they got their talking points and how they do everything. Is it that is, on Instant also? Yes, it is, and it is fucking 100. I, I would – I didn't even take it out of my queue when I got done watching it because I want to watch it again. It is fucking great. Uh, next thing I watched was – now, this was almost by mistake. Well, it wasn't almost by mistake. It was by mistake. I watched A Better Tomorrow. Uh, now, if you're saying to yourself <laughs> right now, well, Zoom, you're going to review A Better Tomorrow on the show. Well, I didn't know they remade it. So when I downloaded this um, – and I started watching and I thought, well, fuck, I thought we were doing a Chow Young <laughs> thing. And I haven't seen him in the whole movie. And then I thought, well, maybe he directed it. This was directed by Hei Sung Song. And it was um, – it was uh, it's, it's a, a, Korean. a South Korean movie, yeah. yeah. And they change up a few things. Um, but we'll go into that when we talk about the movie a little bit more. It's 2010. Uh, Jin Mo Ju. Soon Hoon Song Kang Woo Kim. You did, you did watch the Chow Young Fat one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the next thing I watched, which was I don't know why I watched that one with uh, um, oh the girl I can't remember her name was on the Lifetime channel with the nice boobies and stuff like last week. Well, I was flipping channels and the Lifetime channels on, and they had the Drew Peters or Drew Peterson Untouchable on from 2012, and I just started watching. And I was like, 
wait a minute, who the fuck's that guy playing Drew Peterson? It was Rob Love. So then, of course, I fucking <laughs> had to watch it. And it was actually pretty good. Man, what a creep. And I remember Dave Meltzer saying he went to an MMA, um, an, uh, like a UFC fight in Las Vegas one time. And they were talking about how kind of some of the people that go to like uh, wrestling are kind of scummy, like yeah. ECW and all this and that. And he goes, well, he goes, hey, I went to an MMA thing and I sat like uh, Drew Peterson sat right in front of me. And I was like, after seeing this movie, I was like, fuck. Um, the next thing I watched was another documentary called Flock of Dodos, The Evolution, uh, an Intelligent Design Circus. Uh, this basically tells you know the whole um, the intelligent design um, theory that they are propping up against uh, evolution. You know, to, to, it's just another you know another name that they threw on you know creationism uh, to try and get that argument started again. It's really good too. It's on Instant Watch. Okay. Uh, next thing I watched, another. I was really into the political stuff this week. <laughs> Uh, Freedom Fries, another stupidity we'll have to explain to our grandchildren. Uh, that's on Netflix Instant Watch 2. That's, uh, I think the title is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, I watched this one because I've heard this guy on Howard Stern, uh, Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. And it's called Nick DiPaolo Raw Nerve. It was on Instant Watch. And I got about halfway through it and I turned it off. I really – I don't know. I didn't think he was that funny. I guess, you know, comedy's so subjective, and he just didn't really do it for me. I watched uh, Swimming with Sharks 1994 with uh, Kevin Spacey and Frank Wally. Benicio Del Toro's in a little bit. Um, this was okay, but I, I mean, I could see because people want to get into movies and be around the movie business where they would put up, maybe put up with that stuff. But Kevin Spacey was such an asshole. I, I don't. I don't foresee myself fucking hanging around. I probably would have punched him in the nose. <laughs> uh, next thing I watched was The Rosary Murders from 1987. Uh, this starred um, ooh, Donald Sutherland and uh, Charles Durning. And um, I saw it a long time ago, I think when it first came out on VHS, and it was on this uh, this past week. And it's a pretty good movie. I mean, it's not great, but it's, it's not bad. Uh, it's kind of a... Uh, there's a guy murdering Catholic priests, and Sutherland is a priest, and he's kind of playing detective trying to figure out why this guy's killing these people. Because he's sitting in the confessional, and the fucking killer, he doesn't even know it. And the killer goes in the other side, and he's like, you know, uh, uh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And, and he's like, okay, you know, uh, you want to confess? And the guy's like, it was me. And he's sitting in there shitting himself. <laughs> uh, he he kind of crouches down at first like he's trying to get out of the way in case the guy starts – the guy kills people with like a, a silenced pistol. Oh. And it's pretty cool because you don't know who it is and everything the whole, the whole time. Uh, next thing I watched was a classic, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest uh, from 1975. Never heard of it. Yeah, I know. That's uh, me either. Um, Jack Nicholson is awesome in this. And I, and, uh, I was listening. Alec Baldwin has a um, new podcast. And I started listening to it last night. And it's – I thought it would be like – because he's really political. Yeah. And I thought it would be political, but it's not. I mean like one interview, he was interviewing the fucking Kardashian's mother. And that's yeah. when I turned – I was like, this sucks. Um, but uh, he interviewed Michael Douglas, and Michael Douglas was talking about uh, when he produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And um, I can't remember who they offered the part of Nurse Ratchet to. And the oh, woman, somebody famous. Uh, yeah, the woman turned it down. 
and then Louise Fletcher did it and got a, an Oscar for it. And I've said this before on on the internet, and I know other people don't agree with me, but Louise Fletcher turned me on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse Ratchet. I thought she was hot. Uh, I watched uh, Basic Black, the Louis Black story, uh, documentary about Louis Black, and um, it was way better than I thought it would be. You know, I thought they would just show a lot of comedy stuff. But he it, went to it, school around here, right? He yeah, to, yeah, yeah. He was North uh, North Carolina. That's, uh, where I, that's where I graduated. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Was it uh, University of North Carolina? Yeah, Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but it was pretty good. And it, you know, it goes all the way back to when you know he was a little kid. This is just like a bio, but I mean, it was good. I, I watched uh, Corman's World: The Exploits of a Hollywood Rebel, 2011 documentary about Roger Corman. It's uh, I got it on um, DVD from Netflix. It's really good. I mean, uh, they it's um, you know it's way better than a um, just like a biography channel uh, bio, they have so many famous people in it because you know, like Nicholson, De Niro, David Carradine. I mean, just about uh, Ron Howard, Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino. I mean, just about anybody you can think of that that either worked with him or that looked up to him is in it. But like I told Will, um, I mean, not quite Hollywood. I liked it better just because it was so crazy. And, and uh, with the stuff they did, but this is still really good and it's worth a watch. Uh, I watched this one, which I put off for a while. I like Ed Harris, and uh, it's called Touching Home. And man, this movie fucking sucked dick. It was <laughs> sucked. 2008, Touching Home, and it's about these uh, two, like, kind of, I think they're twin brothers, and it's a true story. And the, I think the brothers actually play themselves well they suck and they uh, they i didn't think they were very good at all i just i mean it, it just wasn't good um i don't know uh fucking pass on that one if you get a chance it's on instant watch more american graffiti i finally watched that one again um it's pretty good it's depressing though <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but it's got some funny stuff in it but it's it's you know eh, i don't know um oh here we go the um on one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, Foreman wanted Burt Reynolds to play McMurphy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Curtis had it before. He had the rights to it, and he wanted to play McMurphy when he had the rights to yeah. it. Yeah, he could made so he Bra- sold to Brando, Gene Hackman, and James Caan turned out, turned down the role, and then Jane Fonda, Shirley MacLaine, and Angela Lansbury and Anne Bancroft all turned down the role for for Ratched. Fucking stupid. Um, I watched Internal Affairs, uh, 1990, with Richard Gere, one of uh, Bryn's favorite actors. Hey, Richard Gere. Hey, Andy Garcia's <laughs> in this, and uh, um, this uh, Lori Metcalf. Uh, she plays Andy Garcia's uh, wife, uh-huh. and she wears the skin tightest dress in this one miniskirt dress in this one scene. I mean, it's so skin tight, it's not even funny, and it's got. Billy Baldwin in it, so you can't go wrong with that. Hey, hey. I watched this one. It was a recommendation from Rachel on Film uh, from The Land Down Under, um, and uh, she recommended this a long time ago, and I just kind of put it off to the side and never and just never got around to watching it. It's called Save the Green Planet. Have you seen this? I have not. 2003, Save the Green Planet. It's a uh, South Korean movie, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> film was correct on that one i liked it um what kind of film is it well it's um this guy is uh 
he's a little crazy. Okay. And uh, he kidnaps um, this rich guy, and uh, he thinks the rich guy is a space alien. <laughs> and uh, he does things to him, and um, it's just good. It's it's funny, but it's kind of – it's not a horror movie, but it has elements of something like that. But it's it's sad, and it's funny, and it's got some good stuff in it. So I have it, and uh, so that means you have it. Anyway, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Um, I watched the next thing I watched was um, Amigo Stay Away, 1972. <laughs> Amica, Amico Stami Lantano El Meno Un Palmo, also known as Chuck and Larry. Oh. <laughs> or not Chuck and Larry. God damn it, I wrote it down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, wait, you said uh, 72. Ben and Charlie. Chuck and Larry was fucking Adam Sandler. Okay, uh, it's called Ben and, uh, ben and Charlie, and it's got George Eastman and uh, Giuliano Gemma. Uh, and it's a, it's like a buddy, uh, spaghetti Western and it's pretty good. It's, but it's more along the lines of, uh, um, and for a roof, a sky full of stars. It's cause it's got, it's, it's sort of more like a lighthearted tongue in cheek kind of a thing instead of like, like Eastman is, you know, George Eastman, but he's not being like, he's a badass, but it's not like, you know, what, like Clint Eastwood and Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more lighthearted. Uh, but that's all I have. That was a lot, but. <laughs> that's all right. Um, uh, I watched, uh, watched a few. The, um, last, uh, I guess Friday, it's the first chance I got to watch anything, but, uh, I watched, uh, Bridesmaids with my wife. Um, she had seen it already. It was pretty good. Uh, we rented it off Redbox or I did. I've heard so much about that, and it just really—I watched it. It had a few funny things in it, but it just, like I said, it's comedy though. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's—I mean, really, you know, there was some funny stuff. I really liked the stuff with the the bigger lady. <laughs> I thought she was really funny. Um, she pooped in the sink and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, more, more like spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert: she shits in the sink. No, the like when she's uh, coming onto the guy on the plane and she puts her leg up. On the like to block his way, and she's like, "They can go higher than that." <laughs> I thought that you know stuff like that was pretty funny, but um, you know, the movie was a little long, but eh, it was all right. Um, and then for um, for uh, Easter, <laughs> uh, for Zombie Jesus Day, I started watching zombie movies. Um, oh. I watched Night of the Comet. These are all ones that I've never seen before, too. So, Night of the Comet. This is on Netflix Instant. Um, this is kind of like a 80s kind of valley girl movie, but with, uh, well, dying people. Like the, a comet passes over and like leaves some kind of like red dust all over everything that kills everybody. Unless mm-hmm. you're inside, then you're slowly dying and you're kind of a zombie. So um, she, the, the main girl, actually it was, um, she was in the, uh, Mary, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart. That's her again. Um, you know, so we just talked about her in Mischief last week, but. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she's fucking in a in a projection room that has steel walls, so she doesn't get affected by it. <laughs> um, I've heard about it, but I never watched. It's it. it's good. It's I mean, it's you know, it's a zombie movie, essentially. So, kind of a almost a post apocalyptic kind of story too. So, um, I like that one. Uh, I watched Dead and Buried also on Netflix Instant. Um, this uh, this is pretty good too. This is. Um, it was a little harsher than I thought it would be. Um, also, this is more of like a Caribbean zombie 
type story where uh, uh, people are being reanimated by one like mastermind kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is good. It's, it starts off real creepy and uh, it's kind of like solving a mystery. And I liked it. it was, I liked the way it was shot. It looks uh, has some really nice juicy special effects at times. So um, sure. it's got a cool cover too. So. Um, I watched the ones we might need to review for the show, uh, Dead Heat, <laughs> with Treat Williams and uh, oh, yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Vincent Price. I remember uh, Chin Stroker versus Punter reviewed that. I never heard of that show, but I remember that they reviewed it. Piscopo's chest looks really, and that picture, God, uh, this, this is sure. this is better than I thought it would be. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, Piscopo is kind of annoying with some of his one-liners, but um, there's the true nice, American legend. There's some good squibs in it. Like uh, <laughs> uh, some of the monsters in it are really funny, but um, another it's another zombie movie essentially. So Professor Toru Tanaka's in it too. And Vincent Price, Darren McGavin, briefly, yeah, Darren Price. McGavin, Darren McGavin wearing this really bad wig, <laughs> uh, but it's on purpose because you see him without it later. But spoiler alert! Uh, <gasps> and then he shits in the sink. <laughs> and then he just jumps up on the sink, on the sink and shits, and then convinces the guy he's an air marshal. Um, and then I watched uh, to finish off my zombie marathon. I watched Night of the Creeps, which was recommended by Will. And I had never seen this before, and this movie is awesome. So awesome that I went yeah. out and bought the Blu-ray. Really? I thought you um, didn't like horror movies. Well, I like zombie movies. Like, I, and I, I don't dislike horror movies. I'm just not a horror guy. Like, They have to have something other than just trying to be scary or gross for me yeah. to dig them. And um, this is really cool. This is Tom Atkins and uh, Jason Lively. Jason Lively from <laughs> – he was rusty in European Vacation. Oh, God. <laughs> but he's actually pretty good in it. Um, I mean, he, he's kind of rusty again, but the uh, I, I really like some of the like, one-liners in the movie. You know, Thrill Me is the big one. It's written on the back of the even the Blu-ray, but um, this is an alien invasion uh, uh, zombie film. Mm-hmm. And so people get these, basically these slugs in their brains and they make them turn into zombies. Slugs like a bullet or slugs like a bug? Like a big like a big slug, Fat like a big worm. snail without a shell, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom Atkins is is good in it and uh and uh, I like Jason Lively. And there's a I've never I don't think that I, I don't know that I've ever seen a film with a the main character has crutches, so um hmm. one of the main characters Steve I guess Steve Marshall plays him. I can't I don't know exactly what it's Jason Lively's good friend in college and uh I'm not sure they don't really go into why he's on crutches, but it's not because he's injured. It's just like a health thing, I think. So, ah, yeah, like polio or something. Yeah. <laughs> At least he wasn't blind. Right, I would hate him then. Stupid fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the Adventures of Tintin, another Red Box rental, and this was remarkable. Um, ah. I um, who, who directed that? <laughs> uh, Zom, uh, Will, Will, Will's favorite, uh, Steven Spielberg directed it. Uh, so. um, this is really good, man. Um, I heard it was. I will definitely be watching this again uh, in the future. So, is it like I mean, like you know, it's not just. Uh, is it an animated movie? It's animated, but it's kind of creepy at times because the animation is so good that people uh, look real. Uh, but like. 
I, but they're 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 changed just enough to be still look like the cartoon or the you know the I, I well I found out it was a cartoon I did yeah. these comics but you know there's a funny scene where uh, Tintin is at like a outdoor like street fair and he's getting a guy to like draw his caricature and the caricature looks like the comic and he's like I don't know does that look like me it was pretty funny but um the you know everybody is kind of like halfway realistic they have some like they'll have very like i guess uh emphasized features like a bigger really large nose or something like that that makes them look not quite realistic which i think helps but the textures on the skin and stuff and the eyes and the way the mouth move is really i mean really good and there's a fucking scene in there with this big chase through this like old tie old style like um i guess european or I think they're in North Africa at the time, but this the way the way cities used to be like winding streets and like houses kind of piled up on each other. And there's a big chase through that, and it's just it's amazing. Like that scene is just remarkable. It's really good. This movie's great. So I hate to sound stupid, but I actually thought like when I heard the the title of it, uh, the first thing I thought of was that it was the a movie. It was Rin Tin Tin movie. <laughs> he has a dog, but his dog's named uh, I don't remember his dog's name. It's like Snowy, I think. So mm-hmm. it's a little white dog. Um, and I, I, it makes me honestly, it made me want to start uh, maybe track down the comics. I know they reprinted yeah. them recently, so um, it's good. He's he's um, he's very young, but he he's old enough to live by himself. He's kind of a he's kind of a reporter that goes mm-hmm. on these adventures. So it's almost like a um, like a uh, Indiana Jones type thing where he gets kind of tied up in something bigger than he thought it was going to be. Spielberg with another hit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's producing Real Steel 2, which is going to come out in 2014. No shit. Real Steel 2. They're fucking making another one? <laughs> um, Crikey. There will probably be another 1010. I, 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 they've left it open to be, to you know, so... Uh, then I watched, uh, uh, while well, I started, uh, I've got this mountain of DVDs and Blu-rays that I've yet to, uh, I say I categorize everything. I, I, I put it in this database so I can remember what the fuck I have. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have, have this watch mountain of discs that I have yet to do that with. So I decided to tackle that yesterday. And while I was doing it, I watched a couple films. Uh, I watched, uh, Dolph Lundgren's detention. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, uh, a, uh, oh, God damn it. Uh, 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 what's the Bruce Willis movie that I'm Die Hard? Die. It's like yeah, it's like a Die Hard type movie where they're trapped in the school. He's a he's a school teacher, and he's it's this really shitty high school. Um, it's like Corey Haim. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of like trying to get these kids out of the school. The the school's like super high security because. Uh, there's so much crime and you know all the stuff, so they have like the school actually gets locked down during the weekend and stuff, and so they're kind of stuck in there. And I don't even remember why the bad guys are like in there. <laughs> I don't. I totally missed like the whole like plot of why the fuck they were wanted in the school in the first place. But mm-hmm. they needed something in there or underneath it or something. I don't know, but um, it was all right. I, I like the Corey Haim one better. <laughs> yeah. It grossed sixteen thousand dollars in the United Arab Emirates. Detention did? <laughs> yes. Yeah, gr- it says gross. $16,324 United Arab Emirates. It was probably like one theater that had it. That's nice. funny. Um, and then I watched uh, a Robert Rodriguez <laughs> movie called Road Racers. Um, this has David Arquette and Selma Hayek. And this might be the first Fuck. David Arquette role that I've been okay with. He's uh, he's not bad in it at all. 
Um, this is from 94, so he's pretty young. Um, does not scream once in the movie. Uh, he, play, he plays a greaser. Um, there's some really silly stuff in it, like they're roller skating and um, these guys are after him. And his hair is super greasy and he like does this like weird split thing and puts his hair on the floor to make it grease like a, like a, like a slick. So the guys fall behind him. It's pretty dumb. It's got a kind of interesting cast. John Hawks, Salma Hayek, yeah, it's, uh, William Sadler. Uh, the Sadler is um, played. Is he a like, villain? He, well, yeah, he plays like the sheriff in the town that has like a, you know, he's hard up to bust Arquette in some way. Arquette's name is Dude, but you don't ever know his last name because he scratched it out on his ID. Um, but uh, he has this really funny scene with <laughs> with where he's talking about his mom making him pigs in a blanket <laughs> and how much love goes into them and stuff. It's really funny. I'd like to put my pig in a blanket and sell my Hayek. Jesus uh, Christ. She's, she's very young in the movie, too. Like, Fuck! Looks very hot. Um, it's kind of silly at times. Um, but, uh, you know, I bought it for five bucks at, 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 at uh, Best Buy. And it's worth that. It's never. I think it just got released this year on DVD for the first time. So they don't have those in Canada. <laughs> I don't think they do. Um, <laughs> and uh, it has a Rodriguez uh, uh, commentary on it, which I didn't listen to yet. But you know, for five bucks, you can't. You, you can do a lot worse. So, and then I watched another shitty high school movie. Not shitty movie, but movie about a shitty high school. Um, this is another Will recommendation from long, long ago. They reviewed it on Gentleman's Guide. Um, Crows, Crows Zero. Uh, this is a. Takashi Miike. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is based, well, I guess, inspired by a, a comic book, which is a super high-selling comic book. I guess called called Crow Zero, or maybe just Crows. Um, but it's this high school that's like, I mean, it's it's over the top. It's it's you you would you would never nev- you would never see a high school this bad. But it's kind of it's turned into this just war ground basically for gangs to and like kids like transfer to this school just to like try to take over the school because no mm-hmm. no one person has ever uh like ruled the school exclusively and but you know like, what they need they need a tom berenger to go and clean that up <laughs> yeah you hardly even see teachers i mean this kids just walk around the school and just like beat up each other constantly and the fight scenes are really cool in it um it's a little long you know Mike does a lot of his, his movies always seem to be go along a little while a little while so it's a little, it's like right at two hours it probably could have been uh-huh. cut down some and i know there's a crow zero too so i'll probably be watching that too but this was really good i i will uh definitely track down this i don't know if it's on blu-ray or what but um this is a buy man it's 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 really good so and that was it for me Da da da. sounds good you watched a lot of poop i did and a lot of good poop too so yeah as long as it's good poop and i'm gonna go suck some snot out of my face and uh let's take a break uh do you have a preference which movie we review first i don't give a shit i don't give a shit either let's do a better tomorrow first since that's what i have open yeah, let's hope for a better tomorrow. We'll be right back with a better tomorrow. Guy. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and smartphone apps. Social media marketing. You have questions? We have answers. I Can Has Podcast is the only social media marketing podcast that brings you the latest news, websites, apps, and helpful tips on social media and online marketing. Download it each week to stay up to date with what to do and how to do social media marketing. Visit us at ICanHasPodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at ICanHasPodcast. Woo! 
This time tomorrow. Boogaloo. I'll be at work. Uh, I, I just I got my uh, my days to confuse Criterion and my uh, uh, American Graffiti Blu-ray in the mail yesterday. Yeah, a yeah. double feature in a box. It was quite nice. That's some good shit. Good shit. All right, a better tomorrow. Um, Zama, I'll let you introduce the movie here. Okay. In a world where a reforming ex-gangster tries to reconcile with his estranged policeman brother, but the ties to his former gang are difficult to break. This is a... Stuff. This is and stuff. <laughs> this is a relatively early John Woo film. This is a pre-killer. This is pre Hard boiled, I believe. Yes, pre hard boiled. This is 1986. Um, I believe there are several sequels. I don't know how many of them John Woo directed. Yeah, it seemed like there was a few. The um, and uh, so I've, I don't know if I've talked about it on this show. Uh, I know I talked about it on um, podcast without honor and humanity. We need a shorter name for that show because I stutter. I've got a mush mouth, and it's hard for me to get that word out that that name out sometimes. So. So, uh, so Jake's podcast, the um, PW Ha, PW Ha. Uh, it's, there's certain parts, and and I, I I get it in this film too. Some of John Woo's non-action or non-like male relationship stuff mm-hmm. is just so painful for me to wa- sit through. It's just not very good. Painful and, as in boring, or painful yeah, as in they don't like start making out. Both, okay. um, like I really wanted the you know I really wanted the two brothers to make out in this movie and it just never happened. <laughs> Spoiler alert: the two brothers don't make out. Fuck. Um, but Oops. you know it starts off pretty early with like with Kit and his uh, his lady friend. What's her name? Jackie. Um, they you know she's trying to like try out for an orchestra or something with her cello mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. They're breaking a wind, a car window with the, uh, with the fucking chill. <laughs> Whoa, that came out of nowhere. And the it, rotten it's just, hell. She's yeah, rotten hell cold. No, I didn't want to say bless you, so I just say rotten hell. It all means the same thing, right? I need to see full contact. Speaking of Chow Young Fat, full contact. And John Woo did. Um, the first one and the second one of A Better Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and he did them like back to back. Like uh, Better Tomorrow was 86 and Better Tomorrow 2 was 87. So I guess it still stars Chow And then he took off for Hollywood kind of – well, a few years later. Well, yeah. He still had the killer and hard, hard-boiled to make. So uh, that then soon after – he goes to the to Jean Claude and makes an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know this that part right at the beginning where there's just kind of like the the broad Chinese humor is just oh god it's fucking painful it's not good. Um, but luckily with this one, it does not focus much on that side of the uh, relationships in the film. It's mm. mostly. Um, uh, what is his name? I posted a picture of him saying something about somebody being a cunny. Mark? No, Mark is Chow Young Fat's character. This is right. um, Ho. Ho, yes, Ho. Yeah. Ho and his brother Kit. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the story is between the two of them, and it's really good. Um, but the, you know, this part at the beginning, this uh, this 
the clumsy like cello tryout part. Uh, Chow Young Fat comes on the scene soon after that and totally writes the ship. Um, no. There's this great, great scene in the bar where he's talking about having to drink urine with like a gun on, on a, to his head or something. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I never cried since I was a kid. This was the first time. And I swore no one would ever point a gun at my head again. And well, you know, I noticed he didn't say no one would ever make me drink piss again. <laughs> he he's like, oh, that's okay. I'm good. I can drink some piss. Yeah, it's kind of healthy, man. Okay. I, felt, felt yeah, I washed my hair with it, dude. <laughs> and he's he's smoking on one side of his mouth and has either a toothpick or a matchstick yes. on the other side of his mouth. And <laughs> I don't know if Chow Young Fat is a – I don't know if he's a smoker in real life. I assume so because he really looks like he fucking enjoys a cigarette in both of these films. What's well, what when I was watching – to go back to like you know when I said what I've been watching. When I was watching uh, All the President's Men, if you ever watch that, just keep it in the back of your mind to watch Dustin Hoffman smoke. It's not convincing at all. Oh, it doesn't. Really? The, I mean, Carl Bernstein <laughs> was a chain smoker, but when you're watching it, you're like, I've never seen anybody smoke like that. The, he's just like Chow Young Fat just eats cigarettes in these movies. Yeah. There's always one there. I love um, to eat a cigarette. <laughs> that, the thought of eating a cigarette, I've actually thought about it before. It gives me such cold chills. The thought of like biting into a cigarette totally like make that gives me the, gives me the willies. I don't know why. Tuco could do it. He ate a fucking cigar. Oh, God. Watching somebody fucking chew on a cigarette is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, num, num, num. So we set up the story by, uh, like, it's it's really neat the way that uh, Mark and, and Ho are, and, and you could, I guess you could say fat and Ho, fat Ho. Uh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool how they are um, introduced <laughs> because you're not sure exactly what, you know what their what their deal is i mean they could be cops for all you know they're going through this high security area like getting looked in on camera and stuff and fat keeps making these uh funny faces at the camera and stuff which is pretty cool but um they do some very high tech uh counterfeiting fat and chew, chew. he knows how to fucking work the camera yeah yeah um and so the the story kind of gets going when uh, when Mark and Ho are going to Taiwan to kind of move some of these fifties and hundreds that they've printed, and uh, they be, they get double crossed, like set up, like um, somebody. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't sure if this was like triad or if this was just like independent. If they were part of some gang, but either way, uh, an organization decides that you know. They don't need them in there anymore, mm-hmm. and um, so and Ho, Ho ends up getting arrested. Uh, you know, Mark didn't go to Taiwan, did he? No, he didn't. He stayed was, behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went with uh, the nephew of the the one guy that ends up ends up being. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the um, bird. What's that? He ends up being the fucktard, shit face oh, asshole. Yeah, yeah. So. Sorry. When, when, when the boss back in Hong Kong <laughs> figures out what's happened, um, mm-hmm. he sends Mark to uh, take care A of business. business. Wow. Um, it. <laughs> there is a bullet store, a storm of bullets. There is the toothpick or matchstick back in the mouth, and it is just badass. Oh, and how um, he? Uh, what do you think about like how he set up uh, when he's walking down the hallway with the girl? He had the pistols. Yeah, yeah. So the, he's just kind of like. 
flirting with this chick in this hallway and while you know ha- while he has her attention he's just dropping pistols in these like plant these big uh bronze planters awesome um and it, it you know it pays off um there's a great shot in that in that scene with uh it's it's an overhead shot and i don't even know if you see chow young fat's head but it's an overhead shot and usually all you see is his legs and he's limping along mm. and Every time, you know, he's dragging his right leg behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been injured. I won't really say how, but because that that plays in later. He on. pulled a hammy. He pulled Sorry. a hammy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> My wife and I always joke about that because every time our dog ever has been lying down for more than five minutes, when he gets up, he has to stretch. <laughs> and we're always like, "Don't don't pull a hammy. Be careful. Got to stretch it out." <laughs> it's so funny. Every fucking time, he's like a, he's such a cat, man. Every time oh. he gets up, and now he's standing on the futon, just staring at me. What? He's like, I didn't tell you to fucking talk about me on air, <laughs> booger nose. <laughs> God, no, there's no boogers here. I wish it was boogers. It's fucking, it's fucking just like liquid nose. It's like cum nose. Oh, it's awful. You have, you have pre-cum coming out of your nose. <laughs> I'm telling my nose is leaking. It's so excited about seeing basketball crotch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why don't you join the fucking group? You jerk. <laughs> join the fucking group. What do you care? What's, who cares? <laughs> um... So, uh, so yeah, I, whatever fat, is, he's, dra- <laughs> he's dragging his leg down the hallway and there's blood just smearing behind his foot and it's leaving. It's kind of cool how it leaves like a pool. I don't know how much blood they had to stick up in his pant leg to do this, but every time his leg, he stops to it's just leaking out of his ass. <laughs> yeah. He's had his male period and it just, it just like <laughs> makes a little puddle underneath his foot every time he stops. So it was a really cool shot. So male period. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we kind of every uh, now this is a problem i have in, in and seems to do it in asian sh- cinema a lot but they 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 don't really handle like time passing all that well oh. like it takes some time to understand what the exactly because it, it, there's a there's a, a part in this movie where three years go by <laughs> And it's not addressed at all until somebody's like, you know, I've been there for three years. And you're like, oh, okay. That, you know, you're, it's not, you're not exactly sure what has happened and how long it's been. But after Ho goes to prison and, uh, and Fat gets injured or Mark gets injured, the, you know, it kind of shifts to Kit. And um, Kit is Ho's younger brother. And they've kind of taken – it's kind of like you know a Shakespearean kind of story. You know the one brother, they, you know they're very close. One brother's yeah. in organized crime, and the other one wants to do law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And um, inevitably, they're going to cross paths. If you know, being in you know Hong Kong, the you know there's tons of people, but you know eventually they're going to cross because it's not a huge place. So right. the uh, but you know the story kind of focuses at this point on Kit and him trying to deal with. You know, his career and the fact that, you know, the higher ups in, in the police force know that his brother is or is who he is. And it kind of holds him back because, you know, the higher ups are like, well, you're just going to give your brother an easy time if you ever, you know, have to do anything with him. So, um, so, but no, Kit, I'm not you, motherfucker. Kit just turns into total, a total like jerk <laughs> about halfway through the film or he just yeah. becomes obsessed with. Uh, I guess busting his brother. I don't know, but he just yeah. He's he, like they're going to prove that he was he uh, 
whatever that he's a good cop and and he's yeah. also angry about some certain thing that happened um to his family and he blames he blames uh ho for it so the um <sighs> the, i guess never the, trust a hoe this is after the three years have passed and um kit is still on this gang and um, he sees somebody throw a piece of paper away and this fucking asshole, he just brings this garbage home to his, I, I, I don't know if they're married with his, if it's just his girlfriend or what, but it's her birthday and on her birthday, he brings garbage in from the street, dumps it in the kitchen floor, <laughs> finds what he needs. And then he goes and gets in the shower and he just fucking leaves his lady there to clean up. the. <laughs> yeah. The I didn't like him very much. But, yeah. He was kind of an asshole. It's a little bitch. Um, that's when the scene "Don't trust those cunny" comes in, which was you know, <laughs> unfor- cunny juice. Unfortunate, uh, <laughs> cunny juice. Is your mouth uh, sealed with cunny juice? <laughs> <laughs> My nose is. Um, so um, there's <laughs> there's some money, there's some good uh, uh, some other good uh, bad subtitles when. Uh, kid is yelling at his brother and he's like do you think i'm as dump as before (laughs) i guess they meant to be dumb (laughs) but he said do you think i'm as dump as before um this movie has some terrific 80s clothing and hair (laughs) um ho rocks a mean like fraser mullet like he's kind of got a receding hairline yeah, Poe yes. is played by Lung T, who I I can't remember if I'd seen him in anything else. He looked familiar to me, but I mean I'm sure I've seen him somewhere. Oh, he's in he's in Legend of Drunken Master, so I'm probably say I've seen him there. But he's got kind of a receding hairline, but keeps it a little a little long in the back, so almost Fraser esque. Um, his brother Kit, his hair is like very very 80s with. Where the you know the sides right over the sideburns or the sides right over the sideburn area is shaved close, but then the top is long like a like a little little, little bike helmet on top, very yeah. feathered. Um, <laughs> he rocks this turd brown Cosby sweater and white jeans. Yes, yeah, like fucking Cosby sweater. <laughs> Didn't Mark wear a Cosby sweater in this? At- oh yeah, yeah. There's lots of sweaters like this everywhere. Fuck, it's a Cosby sweater. <laughs> Jackie with the uh, which might be in style now, but she's got this like fluffy wide collared like like maybe angora sweater. Um, it looks very soft, like it, it could almost hang off one shoulder. I could probably see somebody wearing that now. But my favorite might be this one cop. Now was there was a cop that they kept showing who was bald and glass with glasses. Yeah, was that John Woo because it fucking looked like him. Yeah, yeah, Inspector Wu. Yeah, he's in the movie. That's him. Fuck. I, you know what? Now that you say that, I never would have even thought that. But now that you say it, I was like, yeah, that that fucking yeah. You know, and I thought it looked like what, look what an egomaniac. <laughs> I'll like put Scors- myself in the fucking movie. Scorsese or what's his name? Scorsese. He does the same thing. So. Who knows? This is Spielberg. <laughs> Um, but my favorite is a cop that travels around with him. I said he looked like the Chinese Brian Bosworth. He's got fucking like he's got the near mohawk mullet, and he's he's wearing this like big white jacket with the rolled up sleeves. So it's like these huge puffs on top of his arms. Oh man, he was bad. It was awesome. Uh, he he rolled up in the car with uh, with Inspector Wu at one point. So um, <laughs> there's a really there's a really cool scene. Um, it's a, you know, like John Woo, there's a lot of, uh, slow motion stuff in here and probably some stuff <laughs> didn't really need to be. Um, they're, these guys are kind of working over Mark at one point in this scene, this place where 
I don't know what what I guess it's a warehouse of some sort. There's just these like metal barrels everywhere. But <laughs> there's some slow like like they're beating him up and like his face will fly back in slow motion and blood just like like spews out of his mouth. And <laughs> it's funny um, with all the barrels flying around, I was kind of like, I wonder if I'm going to see, I was waiting to see Bolo Young. I was thinking of that scene from, um, with, in the, uh, Jean-Claude movie where him and they fight in the, the ship with all the barrels and Jean-Claude kicks that big barrel out of the air. But <laughs> I was, I was that one. Yeah. You've seen it. It's, it's a pretty, uh, yeah, yeah. um, I don't remember what one it is though. What one was that? Uh, I'll have to look it up. <sighs> the, um, there's a great quote from uh, Chow Young Fat where he's like, "Do you believe in God? I'm the God." And he's like, he's fucking, <laughs> he's he's very focused. He's got God is a human. He's got his at like his ash is hanging off his cigarette like two inches. It's, it's yes, like that was so funny. It was like oh, it, it was just like you're sitting there on the edge of your seat wondering if those ashes were going to drop. <laughs> they were there were so many of them. It's like the whole cigarette was just hanging there in an ash. Yeah. The, um, I wonder how long he had to sit there if they're like, okay, I, for this scene, I want you to have a long ash. And they just had to like sit there and wait. Like he couldn't move. He probably just had to let it burn down. It <laughs> the, um, th- they're in some kind of temple, I guess at that point, which is, it, it was a nice little, scene it kind of reminded me of the killer with near at the church scene but but nothing really goes on but um that being in that temple just made me think of the killer so um no white doves though no white doves there are no birds in this movie at all that i know thank god the now i loved how like joyful fat looks through the entire film when he's firing a gun mm-hmm. um now sometimes he's grimacing or you know showing his teeth he likes to do that a lot but um, he's got kind of like a chipmunky looking mouth too when he shows yeah. his teeth, like his his front teeth kind of like angle back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's but, got a nice set of cheeks too. You know, I mean, he's not he's not like a, uh, I mean, he's not fat, but he no, just, no. I mean, well, he well, is. He is. Ah, uh, <laughs> the but he just looks so happy when he's shooting a gun in this movie, regardless of what the facial expression is. Um, you know, there's lots of there's not as much gunplay in this as you will see in the killer or hard boiled or something like that. But some of the stuff that's in there is really really good. Um, I really like the um, there's there's a very it's a short scene, but you know there's a parking deck. I thought that was really well done. Where, um, that whole thing, and then you know this, and there's a I don't want to spoil anything, but the final scene I'll say you know of course it's got to lead up to a huge shootout, and that fucking scene is so juicy. Like <laughs> they had to, they had to spend a lot of the budget on fucking squibs for that one. But oh, Jesus Christ! The the um and the blood in it was very like Kool Aid looking. It was almost see yeah, transparent, yeah. but man, it was flowing. Man, <laughs> it was everywhere. So I thought that was re- the last scene's very very good too. So and we'll we'll get into your notes here. Okay. Hey, did you? Here's a note that, that I just uh, I just wrote down. Cruising is on Netflix Instant Watch. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I own it, but yes, I... yeah, I'm gonna watch that as soon as we get off here. I'm gonna dance around, have a little uh, fist play. Um, yeah, yeah, let me tell you something, people. Okay, I've never seen this movie, and this movie is a uh, a classic. A lot of people that I know uh, love it, uh, like it. There's a you know a big. Uh, not a feud or whatever, but you know, it was the killer better or is this better or is hard boiled better. And, um, I will say this, 
Um, I liked Hard Target. I thought Hard Target was fun, and um, but I think that I I like. For me, one reason why I really like this movie is it it, it the John Woo uh, type uh, uh, style, uh-huh. you know, over stylization or you know his trademark. Uh, like I said, the doves flying up, the real super slow mo, right, right, shit and stuff like that. It really hadn't come into play. You have some slow mo, but it's more. Uh, it's not uh, so outrageous like right. every two seconds like uh, Nicolas Cage gets out of a car and the tails of his jacket <laughs> flutter up and they have to slow-mo that. He slow-moed everything so much. But so I like that. Um, now, I did watch the, I think, 2010 remake mm-hmm. of this. Now, uh, there were some differences. It, it was good. Um, it wasn't as good as the original. Um, there were some differences instead of it being um, – uh, counterfeiters, they were gun runners, and um, it, it it the the guy that shot the action in the new one doesn't even compare to John Woo. Okay, uh, the the action sequences. When I watched the first one, I was like, ah, this isn't bad. You know, it was worth a watch and everything. But when I watched the um, the original mm-hmm. that we're reviewing right now, when the action started up, I was like, fuck, this is. <laughs> Awesome, you know. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of, you know, when when you get over stylized with uh, violence, and then there's certain times where I thought of the film Shoot 'Em Up. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's fun, but there's not weight to it. This one, it it, it was a good balance between mm-hmm. the you know being stylish, you know, being a little, be a little over the top, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with all the machine gun fire, somebody's going to get hit more than they do, right? But you still got weight to getting shot. Like when somebody got shot, it looked it looked kind of like it hurt, and there was it was like I said, juicy. So, <laughs> well, and when when it is, um, I've always equated it like to a, a pro wrestling match or whatever, where they call something just a spot fest, uh, like yeah, high spot yeah, after high yeah, spot yeah. after high spot. That would be like shoot 'em up, where it's just um, uh, total action. Uh, it never lets up. Blah 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 blah. Well, this one reason that I liked it was. Um, it um you had the crescendos you you had the you had the lows or the the lulls uh and that's what makes the roller coaster ride good if everything was just downhill 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 uh you know that's why you have the big hill at the beginning that just goes click 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 you're building yeah. the anticipation that's why when it really kicked off i was like and you know when i was talking about the um having issues with the, I guess, dramatic stuff in the killer with this, it's like, it was still melodramatic. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said this too. I watch Bollywood films. I have no problem with melodrama, but something about like Hong Kong melodrama can really get old quick. And even though it was kind of, you know, it was melodramatic here, it still worked. Like I still, I was yeah. still invested in the two brothers story. Yeah. I but the, 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 I'll tell you what, um, and I know you, you had, uh, of course, like I said, both movies are you know pretty much exactly the same. But you had the, um, it was a a a brother, uh, you know, brotherly love thing going both ways because even though Kit and Ho were actually blood brothers. Chow Young Fat or Mark and Ho were, uh, where whereas uh, Ho and Kit butted heads, 
Chow Young Fat and um, – god damn it, Chow Young Fat. Ho and Mark actually – I mean there was the more of the uh, – Oh, I don't know if I'd say brotherly love or whatever, but the, even though they weren't blood brothers, they had more of a you know they they loved each other yeah. as you know almost like brothers or or best friends or whatever, and that was what kind of confounded Mark. He would get you know when when Kit would show up, he'd be like you know this is your fucking brother, you know you you know don't you look away from him and everything and and. Um, but I I like that. That was kind of cool. So you had to have the the Kit character. But if there was one part of it that I that was kind of like I liked the Kit character, I think more in the new one. Okay. Even though he cried a little bit too much in this one scene, and I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. No, but I I think he was in this one. He was like a just he was. I don't know. I just saw him as being kind of a puss. I know he was trying to prove, you know, uh, I'm I'm a good guy. I'm a good cop, and he had this hanging over his head that his brother was a was a villain, right? But and he wanted to prove, you know, I'm not going to let that affect me. You know, I am a cop, and I can bring down my own brother if somebody get, breaks the law. I don't care who it is. I'm going to bring him down. You know, but um. So anyway, but I liked it. I I um. Uh, you covered just most of the stuff. Like I was, I was just waiting for the cigarette thing to see if you covered that one. Um, <laughs> and um, but you know, Chow Young Fat with the uh, with the um, the two pistols. You know, he became famous for that, and he and you see a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, they just there. There's uh, uh, it seems like um, I think that the bad guys uh, must have had bulletproof vests made of magnets. <laughs> because the bullets just seem to go right towards them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, just like in a lot of movies, there's so much lead flying. But the the the. But I, I will say this, you know, um, in a lot of movies, you know, where like say like uh, Rambo: First Blood Two or whatever, um, you know. I said uh, somebody posted something about that, and I said, "Well, you know, one thing I learned from this movie is that the North Vietnamese couldn't shoot because Rambo never seemed to no bullets ever seemed to hit him, no matter how much they shot." But this movie, I mean, it's that's one thing about both of them. I was like, "Fuck, man the the uh, the good guys, uh, you know they they uh, they, they the lead too, follows yeah. them too, yeah, and yeah. some of it's kind of brutal." So um, anyway, but you know that's that's about it. I liked it, yeah. I, li- I, t- I will say this: uh, I did I did see the killer. I heard so much about it a long time ago. Uh, I think it was on VHS or something, maybe. Yeah. And I and I rented it and watched it. And I didn't. I I, I watched that, and then I watched Hard Boiled, and I liked Hard Boiled way better than the killer. I saw Hard Boiled when I was like twenty, mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember. I don't really remember what I thought of it then. I saw The Killer a couple of years ago, and I was just like, eh. That's the way know. I was when I watched it. I was kind of like, yeah, it's, and th- it's I, like, like over-stylized, and I just didn't really. And I, don't, I don't mind the stylized stuff, but. I was kind of bored in parts. Yeah, the parts with him and the blind chick yeah, are no, not I good. Think- who wants? I mean, you know, honest to God, the, fucking blind why, people, man. Why even put a girl in a movie unless they're having sex? <laughs> you know, exactly. What's the point? Just kidding, people. Jesus Christ, I'll probably get a fucking whatever. <laughs> anyway, but I like I like this one a lot. Somebody might chastise you on the Facebook group for the. Oh wait, 
Um, the <laughs> they can chastise you all they want, baby. Go to town because I'll never know. The, uh, uh, you know, I might. I don't know. I like the, I like this a lot. I, I, <laughs> I like this a lot. Um, this is, uh, you know, my issues with 80s woo um, totally melted away while I was watching this. It was it, I, I was afraid it was going to go there, honestly, at the beginning. Um, 80s woo. 80s woo. This is this is really good. Um, definitely seek this one out if you haven't seen it. Um, I need to watch. I've been told I need to watch uh, Bullet in the Head, which is right around the same time. Yeah, so looks. Yeah, I'll have to watch that too. So, um, or cricket I, uh, in the dick. Cricket on the dick. I uh, Chow Young Fat is is very good in it. Um, I like when he I like when he yells, but I like how like I said how how natural he looks with a firearm and how like happy he looks while he's like rolling around on a cart. He's <laughs> fucking awesome. I'm yeah, telling you what, seriously, yeah. that guy, I mean, he's, he's fucking cool as shit. I would like to have seen him do, I know he did like re- replacement killers and, um, did he do anything else in America? Well, I mean, like... Uh, oh, yeah. He's done a few Bulletproof Monk. He's done a lot of shit. Uh, yeah. Stifler. Woo. When I saw that, I was like, man, why does he have to make a movie with Stifler? And it's not even, like, the guy that plays Stifler. It was just... That guy is Stifler. I need to watch the, the rundown again, by the way. Speaking of Stifler, I like that one. We need to get some opinions on The Flaming Brothers, Full Contact... Tragic Hero. I mean, I'm looking at all these ones. God damn, there's a the lot God of child gamblers. Yeah, on uh, Instant Watch. Oh, they had all of them. the God of Gamblers on there. Wait, he was in Pirates of the of the Caribbean at World. Yeah, League. yeah, yeah. The last uh, wasn't it the last one? Okay, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oof. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've never seen that. Uh, but I did. I will say this, people. Um, I got a uh, PlayStation PS3. Uh, nice. Speak so I need to, and I bought. I I, I like playing uh, uh, NCAA football uh-huh. on my old one because you know I had the old goddamn PlayStation up until like last year, and it finally broke, and that's about the only game I played. <laughs> and uh, so they didn't have it, and I bought Madden, and I don't like Madden. I don't know what other people think, but it's not as good as uh, NCAA. NCAA. But I also got some uh, shoot 'em shoot 'em up games on the way. I just got them on Amazon cheap. That has cool. nothing to do with the review, though. <laughs> um, but if there's any good games, call in and let me know what I should get. Seek out a better tomorrow. This is this is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give this a uh, let's go eight out of ten. Um, I will definitely watch this again. Um, the action is great. Um, it's, it's you know you're not even you're not overloaded with it. Um, the melodrama is fine. Um, I really like the story. The you know, like I said, the Shakespearean story of the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is really good stuff. So I will say, when I watched that that new one, because I had no concept of what the movie was about and everything, and it's and it's it's a a lot of times with um, uh, you know, I, I I hate to say this because I sound like a fucking uh, I don't want to come off like sounding like uh, I'm being stupid or like a racist or something like that. But right at first, um, and I think it's because you're reading subtitles too. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to, to, especially when there's a whole bunch of characters. It's hard to, it's hard to get attached to anybody to distinguish at first. Okay. Who's who. Yeah, Yeah. And when I watched that new one first, 
there was uh, right at the beginning, I was like, okay, now wait a minute. Now, who the fuck is this and who the fuck is that? <laughs> is this this guy and is this that guy? But then uh, that it, it helped me in watching this one for sure. And, and not only that, but because I knew Chow Young-Fat and, and some of the other faces – in the original one, I was familiar with because I had seen him in other stuff. So, you know, I, I was more familiar, so it was easier to follow right. when you have a lot of characters like that. But, yeah, I liked it. I get, I was going to get like 7.75. Awesome. So I'm right there with you. But, I mean, I, I uh, the um, like I said, I know they had to have the stuff in there with Kit. That was part of it. Yeah. Uh, him having a dual brother thing with his friend and with his brother. But I, I don't know. He just – that that was kind of boring in parts for me. Okay. Awesome. 7.75 and an 8. Good shit. We're going to take a break and come back and review a, another legendary uh, director's film, Prison on Fire. We'll be right back. Uh. GGTMC live for you fresh yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. Boys, Guess to say that was ACDC. Uh, wait, let me check. Hang on. Um, yeah, actually, it was. I'd forgotten already. There you go. I'm just kidding. I knew it was AC. <laughs> I built the fucking thing, man. Uh, all right, Prison on Fire. Prison on Fire! Uh, from 1980s. That kind of hurt to do today. What's that? Make that sing like that kind of hurt my, uh, my innards. You're getting old. No, I'm sick. My, my sinuses weren't ready for that stress. Forget tuberculosis. <laughs> Except I'm coughing up mucus. Uh, Prison on Fire in 1987. This is directed by Ringo Lam. Lam. Um, did we do another Ringo Lam movie? Did he do the one with Jet Li that we covered? No. He, he was not. in the Beatles, wasn't he? Yes. Ringo, Ringo Lamb. 
Mm. He wouldn't have been in the Beatles if he didn't have a car. Um, what are you talking about? That's why Ringo Starr got the gig because he had a car. None of the other Beatles got had a car. Let's try and keep this a little bit professional. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Inside a Chinese prison, two inmates form a friendship and face the difficulty of life on the inside. I don't know who uploaded the poster on IMDb for Prison on Fire, but it does not look correct. Um, yeah, it doesn't even look like the... Uh, uh, what the fuck that is. Uh, yeah, that doesn't... Well, no, nah, that's that's not even the same movie. They're playing basketball or something down there. I don't know what the fuck that. And the the prisoner guards don't even have the same uniforms on. No, they don't. They wearing it's long much pants bullshit. And... Um, well, you just don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. This is starring uh, Chow Young Fat as four one six seven one or yeah. uh, Ching, and then you have um, Tony Lung Fai who plays uh, Kai Yu. Or five one nine one zero. It's kind of their story, and you also get a lot of appearances by um, uh, you know Kakui Ho playing Mickey and uh, Roy Chung playing Officer Scarface, who's kind of a bastard. So, so I'm and Kong Moon Wong as Bill. <laughs> Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. Bill. Bill's pretty good. Too. I love when they throw names, and that's like in the last one. You know, everybody's name is like Ho or Chen or something like that, and then Chow Yun Fat's name is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you heard him actually saying it too. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't just know. subtitled that way. Uh, so, what did you think of this movie, sir? Well, I will tell you. Or let's get into I your think notes. I know what you not- think of it because we, <laughs> you've already said like last week. So <laughs> yeah, we'll make like a review of this. We're going to do a little something different this time. I'm going to review this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, easy. Um, I like this movie. I thought it was good. Um, and so Charlie, Yeah, and that's about it. No, um, okay. Here's the deal. Um, I don't want to say if you've seen one prison movie, you've seen them all. But it's definitely a genre because there's good ones and there's bad ones. Um, but, you know, when you go to prison, there's things that happen that are pretty much standard. You know, there's going to be guards that kind of kick the shit out of you or act like assholes to you. When you're the new guy, you're going to be the new fish. And um, uh, <laughs> What, does that taste bad? <laughs> I had bad breakfast. I had some shrimp and pork <laughs> for breakfast. You had shrimp for breakfast? Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, you know. That's not kosher at all. Oh, ow. My penis is. Waka waka. Waka waka. I like that we had, we had a, uh, an in-depth discussion at one time about um, circ- circumcised penises and whose wasn't whose was how it feels good if you if if you aren't and stuff like that and if you and and um, yeah well whatever we'll just keep on with this. What the uh, fuck happened to our bikini contest on on the Facebook group for real? <laughs> was there a bikini contest? Yes. All I had was fucking dicks with crickets. <laughs> I don't I, even know. I, I think I saw a picture I, of a girl with a bikini, that, and Wilt said something about a bikini contest, and then all I saw was more crickets, dicks, blood, <laughs> giant basketballs, and women's cunnies. And, I, and, love, uh, I love the cricket. I love the one when the, the, uh, Chris posted the, excuse me, sir, but mayhap you, uh, mayhap you can direct me towards my colony. I seem to have just missed them on their way to the monolith. <laughs> 
<laughs> so funny. Yeah. On, cricket well, dick. <laughs> and whole dick farm is better than that. Pusser. Uh, and this is coming from someone who's like, I don't want to fucking throat fuck a girl and make her gag. And make a, it's uh, disgusting. I'm watching Cricket eat a guy's fucking skin off a dick. It's disgusting. But dude. it's gross if you put your dick in a girl's mouth. Ew, mouth. And, and you spit on it. <laughs> you gotta knock their teeth out with a fucking lead pipe so they can't bite your penis. Oh. That's, that's another prison thing. Now we've gone too far. Yeah, well, anyway. Well, I'm, I'm bringing it back. See, I said bringing the Bringing it back. Prison thing. Knocking the prison teeth thing. out. They said uh, if you knock their teeth out with a steel bar, then you, then you can fuck their mouth all day long. There's nothing they can do about it. I saw that in a movie, too. Anyway, <laughs> people. Okay, well, let's see here. Um, i got to get the numbers down because I can't remember the goddamn fucker's numbers. 5190. <laughs> okay, he's the new guy, and he wears glasses and everything, and he's kind of a nerd and everything. And uh, he comes into the prison. His name was Caillou. Yeah, whatever. Caillou. <laughs> Caillou. Uh, he comes into the prison, and he goes through all of the new meat kind of a thing, you know, like uh, uh, Chow Young Fat pretty much steals the show it, yes. even though even though Kai Yu is the main really the, to me the main focus Chow Young Fat is like again it's like Steve McQueen in Magnificent Seven even though Yul Brenner is charismatic as hell and standing there Steve McQueen's standing beside him and he's always fidgeting with his hat making faces doing this doing that and th- to explain the characters Chow Young Fat was telling uh, the new guy he said, you know, in here you've got um, lambs and you've got lions and I'm, the mon- and I'm a monkey. He is kind of like the comedian. He, he sort of ins- – when he has to, he plays the fool. Uh, he was a, a gambler and I guess he – you know, didn't he kill somebody? Yeah, his well, that's part of the story. Yeah, he, he yeah, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen this. But anyway, um, so he's in there and he knows how to play the game. He has an uncle or a guy that he calls uncle that's a prison guard that he kind of you know does favors for him and the the guard kind of gets him cake jobs and stuff like that. And uh, if a real badass guy, of course you have like the the uh, the triads. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another in, gang that I didn't recognize the name of. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's little factions in there, and it's just like any other prison, you know, movie where you know if if you're alone, if you're by yourself, you're kind of a lone wolf. Yeah. You're easy prey for the um, for the other guy, especially if you can't stand up for yourself. Um, and um, the new guy, of course, you know, with Chow Yun Fat, he'll he'll. Even if somebody comes up and gets in his face and everything, he'll be like, you know, hey, let, you know, let's just uh, let let's see if we can make this right without you know violence or whatever. Because you know, it'd be stupid. We're all going to get in trouble. Blah 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 blah. But he, I think they know. I mean, he can handle himself, but he's still he's by himself. But he kind of has a little coalition with with some of the other loosely knit guys they're not really like a gang right but but they're they're sort of like what's left over that's not in the triads and so anyway 
the new guy doesn't know any of the rules. Like if somebody says, you know, who did this? You know, does anybody know? And he'll, he'll fucking say yes, where you should keep your mouth shut and never say anything. You know, Oh, I slipped on a bar of soap or something. If somebody knocks you down or whatever. And so he sort of starts kind of mentoring the new guy, Chow Young Fat does. And, um, he tries to keep him out of trouble because I think he sees that, you know, the guy's kind of a nice guy and, um, he's not like a vicious, violent criminal right. or a life sentence kind of a guy. Isn't he in there for like, what? Like he accidentally, just, like he, it was just a, a few years, but he's three years and it was, a, yeah. it was an altercation. Three years must be a common uh, prison sentence over there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but he's, he's in there because he, um, and I really like the way the, this is the, the way the top of the film is edited where he's kind of being admitted into prison mm-hmm. and it's tied in with flashbacks to his life before mm-hmm. and kind of like it goes into why he, uh, he's in there, but his, like his dad's shop was getting, I, the guys were stealing something and his dad confronted them and they, the, the, the guys like the kids on the street, like started beating up his dad. So he started beating up the guys and mm-hmm. he was just pissed and chased one of them. And then like, you know, there's like three guys on him and he kicked one who like falls out in the street and gets run over yeah. by a bus. And so he gets charged with killing that guy basically. Yeah. There was a, there was a movie made for TV movie. I think it was called the glass house or something like that. And Alan Alda was in it and he, Accident. He got in a fender bender and he got out and he was like pissed off, like road rage, and he's like, "Ah, damn it!" And he and the guy pushed him. Well, he pushed the guy back, and the guy fell and hit his head on the bumper of the car and yeah. killed him. So he ended up going to prison and stuff like that. So it's sort of you know, like I said, it's kind of a common theme. And um, so there is one guard who is a total fucking asshole, and his <laughs> they, he goes by the name Scarface. So if that tells you, he's kind of like a, a the. If you watch Shawshank Redemption, he was like the big guard in that that you know kind of ruled everything. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Mickey, who was um, he was sort of in Scarface and. Um, not in his back pocket, but because Scarface didn't put up with any shit from anybody. But if something went down, he would, you know, nobody wanted to be known as a snitch. But Mickey would be like, okay, well, I'll tell you who did this, but call in the new guy first, and then we'll just blame it on him and say that he right. told. And there were several times where that happened, and Chow Young Fat kind of got pissed off because he was like, you know, the new guy's not saying nothing, but you're making him take the fall for a bunch of shit. And you go through a lot of stuff like that where um, <laughs> it's funny because he'll tell the new guy, he'll be like, you know, keep your mouth fucking shut, you know, god damn it. And the new guy will just be like, oh, I saw him, I saw this, you know, or, or uh, so-and-so did this, and they'll end up having to clean out a sewer or something. <laughs> and he just seems like for someone – if someone could survive in prison – it, the the uh, the uh, Chow Yun Fat character uh, definitely has the right attitude for it yeah. because, like, even when they're cleaning, they're, they're like gagging their guts out. They got cigarettes like stuck up their nose and everything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he was so funny down in the hole. I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if the sewer was clogged or something. Oh. He's just like it's so awful. He was smoking it's a burst. cigarette and he had two fucking cigarettes stuck. One cigarette stuck up each nostril. <laughs> yeah. And you know, just stuck like shit. But I mean, he's just like, well, man, I go, fuck, we got to do it, you know. But so anyway. um, it it pretty much goes on where where um the the new guy he um 
he gets on the bad side of Mickey, who is the head of that one triad. And no matter what he does, Chow Young Fat even goes over to Mickey and says, "Hey, you know, let's let's work this out. You know, with cigarettes, I'll pay you so many cigarettes if we can just forget about this." And but he wants he kind of wants to use this guy like as a fall guy. Plus he. Um, he just doesn't like him. So he's like, you know, fuck you. Um, and you kind of go along with that for a while. But then they get rid of Mickey for a while. And and then everything's kind of – it's like everything's pretty cool because um, at one – like I said, it parallels Shawshank Redemption in some ways <laughs> a lot because when they get Mickey transferred because they said, you know, hey, he's – continually threatening us and there's only like two of them and there's a whole bunch of those other guys so even if they fight back they just you know there's just so many in numbers that they get them down and just beat their asses even if they put up a fight and so mickey gets sent away so after that it's like bill and chow young fat the new guy and several of the other ones they everything's a lot better yeah and uh, they get to go outside the prison and 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 work and stuff like that and and it's like there's there's not this threat of violence hanging over their head. You see several times where, um, like I don't know if it was New Year's Eve or what it was when they were dancing, like in the prison. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, they 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 actually are making the best of everything and and uh, even you know th- they become friends and. And uh, and uh, everybody's just having a good time and everything. Well, then fucking Mickey comes back. Yep. And when he comes back, you know, he hasn't forgotten anything. And you also have a situation where um, there's, a, there's a lot of shit that goes on in the prison. Uh, and eventually, you know, the movie's called Prison on Fire. And eventually it, it kind of starts coming to a head because um, – they they almost like all the prisoners decide okay you know we're in here it's shitty it sucks bad enough and now they're nickel and diamond us with our food and all this and that and everything so they they just say okay we're just we're going to go on strike you know and that kind of it kind of leads to a big confrontation yeah and um but I, you know, I don't want to give like too much away, but like I said, it's one of these things, and I hate to go back to saying this, but it's it's in some ways it's kind of a standard prison movie. Of other than there was one thing that didn't happen in this movie that you know it seems like every movie you see where it's a um, a uh, prison movie, you have some form of either guys raping other guys or. Guys having sex and stuff like that, and if I remember correctly, I didn't see any of that. No, in no, that, that didn't go on at all in this one. It yeah. was just it was violence only. Yeah, and uh, but even though I say that it is, you know, kind of standard formula, standard, uh, you know, prison genre movie formula, um, I just I had heard that this was really good, and people say that it was a, you know it's a it's a classic. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. And um, when I finally watched it, I mean, everybody in it was really good, but Chow Young Fat, and he is our magnificent bastard for this week. Uh, just the way he plays his character, it's it's not one dimensional at all. Like I said, he'll yeah. play the fool, but he's not a fool. 
No. He'll play that monkey, the clown kind of a thing and make everybody laugh and break up the tension and shit like that. But, you know, there's a lot more to him than just that. And then you see um, uh, there's there's one scene where, like I said, there's several times where they fight back uh, against – Say maybe like uh, I don't know eight or nine guys or or whatever that Mickey has with him, and um, you know uh, the the new guy can't fight for shit. That's that's one thing for sure. He's not a lot of help, but they usually get you know just end up getting beat up. But um, when it all comes down when it, when it comes to a head, um, it's like one of it's like one of those ones you know one of those situations where. Things build and build and build, and that's even like in the prison, like whether it's in real life, like Attica or something like that, where they have the big prison, you know, riot or something like that, and the tension just builds and builds and builds, and um, uh, there's there's corruption um, at just about every level. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're in there with criminals, and they're they are scumbags. And yeah, like I said, there, there's there's several of the guys that that become friends, and you know, they kind of have their little group and everything. And uh, but all, all it takes is somebody to put the the um, the moniker of snitch around your neck, and just say, you know, oh, it was so and so, he snitched, and they will even set people up. They'll go and tell the guard. You know, oh, you wanted to know who stole this or something. Well, I'll tell you who did it, but you can't let anybody know that it was me. And the guard, because it makes him look good to his superiors yeah. to find out this shit, he'll say he'll go along with it. And then they'll take some totally innocent guy and almost like, uh, you know, frame him. And then all the other prisoners hate their guts. So there was a lot of shit like that. And um, you had um, – not for the prison reformers, but like the prison, uh, um, the people that come around and inspect the prisons, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, like I said, just about anything else, like anything else, whether it was with the guards or even with the prisoners, you're supposed to keep your mouth shut. And the guys that were inspecting the prison come around, and they're like, "Has anybody got any complaints?" And of course, the new guy, you know, in some ways, they were people would like cringe because. They would tell him, "Shut the fuck up! Don't say anything." You know, if you don't say anything, everything will be a lot better. But the reason that the people were there is if something was going wrong or people were being mistreated, they wanted you to tell. But if you told, then you'd be on the shit end of the stick from the guards, from the administration, right. and the other inmates. But it was a different. It was a different dynamic in the prison than I'd seen a lot of prison films because usually, yeah. usually it's always administration versus prisoners right and then prisoners are prisoners which kind of happens here but yeah. at the same time it's like you know if this was american the guys wouldn't act nearly the same towards the guards like they do in this movie because yeah. just because a guy i mean you know if, if a guy does something in an american movie he's going to end up in a, a like a drippy wet like solitary dark cell yeah. where in this one their solitary confinement is looks like it looks pretty nice it, it, I, I yeah actually, it was better than the uh <laughs> yeah, i'd prefer to stay there in the bunk beds than i would in the bunk beds it was just like being put in a regular prison cell whereas uh with nobody else in there you're by yourself so nobody's going to come in there and fuck with you but i mean they would pretty much you were uh 
it was almost like a big dormitory with just bunk beds, yeah. great, a great big warehouse like dormitory, and everybody could just walk around and do whatever they wanted, like barracks um, or sort of. Yeah, like a barracks, and um, you know, it, but it, I, there's not. I mean, there's not that much more to go into other than you know, like I said, it's the new guy yeah. and the 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 kind of wiser, uh, charismatic guy takes him under his wing, and and uh, the new guy keeps dumping him in shit. If if he would have never taken this guy under his wing. He would kind have of tried to help him. He would, yeah, because he he even though you know I'm sure he had his little things here and there. He would. Everybody knew him. They knew he was pretty much a straight guy or whatever. And 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 it would he wouldn't have had any problems. But by trying to kind of protect this guy or to take him under his wing, and that that was another that movie Animal uh, Animal Factory with Willem Dafoe and Edward Furlong mm-hmm. was sort of the same thing. Dafoe was a guy who was well respected in the prison. He never had any problems. He knew all the rules and everything. And you know he uh, you know people knew that. He was the kind of guy you didn't want to fuck with, but if you didn't fuck with him, he wouldn't fuck with you. And he took Furlong under his wing, and it kind of drops him in the shit because even though Chow Young Fat's in there and he knows how to play the game, he's in there. He's like a lifer. He's in there forever, uh, I think, for killing somebody or however long, 20 years or something like that. Yeah. So he's in there for a real long time. But um, in this kind of thing it's like the new guy i don't know if he saw something in him if he saw like an innocent guy or a guy because he can say that the new guy was dropping him in shit by running his mouth or you know not snitching but speaking up but in some ways he brought that on himself because if he like i said if he wouldn't have tried to help him but I think it was a kind of companionship thing, and maybe it was almost like he saw him as a pet. Maybe he wanted to fuck him. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, that's that's the one thing in the in Animal Factory. Uh, Defoe tells you know Edward Furlong. He goes, "Hey, if I wanted to, you know, you know, I, I could have fucked you, you know, I, you know, yeah. or something like that." But he said, "You you need more than just this, and it's not just like a sexual thing." He said, "You know, just friendship and companionship and blah 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 blah." So I think that was kind of their, their the dynamic relationship between those two. Yeah. But anyway. That's about all I have. I mean, you know, like I said, it, it's it was, I didn't take any notes. It's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, did you did you uh, see the awful uh, photo inside the girly magazine they were looking at in the infirmary? Uh, the chick in the that they were like fighting over the magazine over. Uh, she was wearing this like denim halter top and she was like holding her tits and she had her tongue hanging out. It was so fucking bad. <laughs> it's yeah. the worst porn magazine ever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, fat smoking and he smokes a ton in this movie too. Yeah. And I really liked when he lights his first cigarette in the infirmary <laughs> when he like, he he like brings it way into his mouth and makes a stupid face and then like, like yeah. lights the cigarette away from him. It's really good. I, I like everything. Cigarettes is like currency in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what, that was the, the, the price that went up. The cigarettes that they buy in prison, that's the price that went up. So the cigarettes actually ended up being more expensive than outside the prison, which is why they went, went on the hunger strike. So. Yeah. Um, I like when Fat says to uh, Caillou, he says, uh, 
you got to learn to be more flexible. There's a better tomorrow. And I was like, it's like he knew that we would do this show. <laughs> yeah. But he was taking a tomorrow. shit with a – I would hate to shit in one of those things that doesn't have a seat on it. A little whole trough. God, having to squat over a trough would be the worst. <laughs> well, I know. Like I said, I remember the, the hearing about the pro wrestlers that went over to Japan. And I guess now they – I think they, they have more modern uh, – plumbing like with a toilet and stuff uh-huh. now but they actually talked about when they first went over there in the like the 50s and 60s that uh they had the thing you know with like the hole in the floor and they would say that they would take a now then they didn't have the plastic chair like chow young fat had but they said they would take a metal folding chair sit it on its side like that so you could kind of sit <laughs> over the edge of it like you were sitting <laughs> on a toilet so you could shit oh my god could you imagine how many how many shits you drop in like the crotch of your pants <laughs> right like, now, like I'm bad. just thinking about the big <laughs> shit I'm going to take when we get done with this show. Uh, Shrimp um, and pork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good too. Now I don't I don't recall if Chow Young Fat's done it before, but he does the twirls the cigarette around his fingers at one point. Yeah, is I can't it, do that. Is that something he does often, or uh, I, I don't recall him seeing him doing that before? Um, I know. I wish I wrote down the actual <laughs> words that he was saying, but. There's this really awesome scene when uh, Chow Young Fat, for like you were saying, but for the most part in the movie, he seems kind of easygoing. Mm-hmm. But there's a part where he explodes at Scarface, yeah, and he yells at him, "I called you motherfucker, motherfucker!" But yeah. it's awesome because he's like singing it, so it's like da 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 da, like and it's yeah. it's awesome. And I wish I wrote down the words he was saying because it was. Well, really you know what good. it kind of reminded me of that that scene, and I won't say exactly what it was, but. Um, you saw Midnight Express, didn't you? Yes. Brad Davis, when he's in the Turkish prison, and he goes berserk on the um, the guy that um, – I can't remember what his name was. He was another prisoner, but he was always fucking with him, and he fucked with John Hurt's uh, drugs uh-huh. and everything. And Brad, Brad Davis just goes berserk and starts dropping all the um, – chasing him underneath tables and kicking him. And uh, he hides under the um, – the big uh, like sink thing, and he just starts tearing it apart and just going completely insane. But that one scene, and I said, that there's there's one scene in the movie that I thought was great, and that was uh, Chow Young Fat throwing a Ricky Morton esque like drop kick that at drop Scarface. Kick was fucking epic. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh my god, it was awesome. He slammed into that wall. Jesus Christ. Great. Oh man! And you just wanted to see Scarface get get the shit beat out oh, of him. Oh god, it. yes. You know, because he was a jerk. There were some really good uh, in Crow Zero. There's some good wrestling moves. One of the kids, like <laughs> every kid in that movie, has like a specialty kind of way to fight. And this one kid, right at the beginning, fucking rocks this German suplex on another kid <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> totally like, oh man, it was awesome. Um, I think he he like does like a like a single leg like. Uh, like lock at one point, like gets a kid on his like the kid's face down and just grabs his leg like uh, Lance Lance uh, what was his name Storm the guy Lance Storm used to do yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah the, that was my last note actually the lumberjack the lumberjack brawl was pretty awesome and then the, uh, <laughs> the, the epic drop kick with a huge cackle right afterwards um good stuff so yeah, uh, I like this one this like like I said the uh, the dynamic was interesting because th- it seems like in this prison system that uh the prisoners had more of a say than you would normally see in these kind uh-huh. of movies 
um, they they would listen to the prisoners more because usually it's like I don't give a fuck what you say. It's going to be what I say. Like the yeah, and we'll just come in and beat the fucking piss out of you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And the and the guards never do that. Like there's like you know in an American movie like there's a scene with Chow Young Fat pretending to be the superintendent. And he's well, he because he, he yeah that was the, funny they're working in the laundry and he puts on the the superintendent's clothes which is too small for him because it's a little short like kind of chubby guy but you know Chow Young Fat's pretty tall and so it's a little too small for him and he puts his hat on and he's walking around like you know oh I like that answer three less days on your sentence <laughs> and you know then one of the guards comes in and just like, standing there watching him doing it and he's like you know in an American movie he would have gotten a piss beat out of him and put in solitary yeah. and you know in this movie he's like you know. You know, cut that out, jerk. You know, you can't do that. You know, I would have had them put me in solitary every day of the week in that place because, I like I said, shit, that's not that much different <laughs> than living here. It was nice and bright and yeah, they, clean. They put, they put somebody in the cell right beside you. Yeah, yeah. man. You have to worry about, you know, getting. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, that's one thing that was lacking in this movie. I, it was the, uh, some cornholing. <laughs> Missed the cornholing. Missed the cornholing. One of the worst prisons I've seen was in the fucking um, un- uh, oh God, what's the name of that? I think <sighs> it takes place in Russia. It's a prison movie. It's like the third one in the in the line. And um, undisputed, yeah, undisputed three or two. It's one of yeah. those two. It takes place in Russia, and that prison was fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. um, but we need to review those sometimes. Those are good. So undisputed. Um, that's all. That's all my notes. We can get into our score here. Jaw. I'll give it. Um, I really liked it. I thought, um, like I said, it's not one. It's uh, for some reason, even with um, a better tomorrow, and with um, with this one, um, I thought that it was going to be. I thought this one was going to be like this, you know, really super brutal. Like I said, you know, guys getting raped and 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 you know, just shanked all the time, and it's going to be really, you know, somebody just fucking being a total dick. But there was a lot more, you know, uh, uh, there there were not lulls, but I mean, there, it wasn't just that. That's yeah. not all it was. And that's the same with uh, A Better Tomorrow. I thought it was just going to be just shoot, 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 shoot from top from beginning to end with all the slow-mo and everything, and it wasn't that either. It was some, There was some good drama in both of them, and uh, I give this one 8.25. Nice. Um, I didn't like this one as much as uh, Better Tomorrow, but I thought it was very good. Um, the, I, I really got behind the, uh, Kai Yu character just because, mm-hmm. you know, you feel sorry for him because yeah, oh yeah he doesn't belong there. I mean, these guys, you know, with their, these fucking like, you know, organized criminals and stuff and, you know, they know how to take care of themselves. And this guy is just like a nerdy guy. That, yeah. Especially that, watching him like when he would try and fight yeah and he couldn't fight for shit. You know, he would try and fight back every once in a while, you know, because uh, if you corner, if you put put a rat in the corner, you know, and you don't give it a choice, it's got it. It's just it's good or an animal. It's going to fight back. And he could not fight. Yeah. And so you really felt sorry for him because he would just get manhandled. Hey, old boy is on uh, fucking instant watch too. watch that. The, but, um, <laughs> and I really, you know, Chow Young-Fat again, like we said before, he's he's really fucking good in this movie, too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like when he's goofy. Like he, he's just know, got kick charisma. He does, know, and he's wearing, he, like wearing those fucking like aluminum foil sunglass things that he makes, <laughs> yeah. playing that little instrument. You know, well, and they, you know, they would always make him like uh, get in that squatting position. You see it in the posters and everything yeah, where they yeah. have to put their hands behind their head and squat down like that. With my knees the way they are, I I fucking <laughs> would like I wouldn't be able to stand up if I stayed in that position for too long. But if you had to shit, man, you could just let it all hang out. Right over a little trough. Yeah. Um, I give it a 7.25 out of 10. Again, this is one I will probably revisit. Um, definitely worth checking out. It's a good prison flick. So Yeah. And there's a there's a sequel. I don't know if it's any good, but, you know, I guess there's a sequel to this. Hey, he's in it. It can't be too bad, right? Fucking A. All right. So that's our review. Or no, wait, wait. That was that one movie that uh, was that Fucking Dread Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> as where as they were annoyed by uh by him in the movie i fucking just like died laughing every time he would just scream and uh, he's like such a nerd i loved it dolph dolph should be in a prison movie and he's a rape everybody he should be a guard in a female prison movie with Alyssa milano kate beckinsdale uh let me think who else uh what the hell was that girl's name that was in that lifetime movie uh she had like three names the beginning name Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the shit out of her. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, that's, that's our review for Prison on Fire. Let's take a break and do some feedback. Yeah. We'll be right back. Stuff. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Uh.
The name of that song is Fat. And it just ends abruptly, so I had to even stop it. The name of that song is Fat. So. <laughs> they said fuck in it, too. Yeah, dirty. Yeah, fuck. That's dirty. Oh, man, my stomach hurts. <sighs> you have to poopy. Oh. We have some voicemails this week. First one. I hope there's like a 30 minute one. That's a review. Of- yeah. There was this cookie, see? And it killed people. And he had a penis. Except this time it was a peanut butter cookie. (laughs) God, I I would really like a peanut butter cookie right now. Alyssa Milano's asshole. Ben, you maniac! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! Damn you all to hell! Little Mikey. You know I love you, Justin. That was true. You killed Dom and Loaf in that last episode I listened to, the Cinemasochist episode. I hope by now they've picked up their ragged carcasses from the ground. They've stopped regressing into childhood memories and food desires, and maybe they're a bit more <laughs> normal. But I'm going to avoid talking about the movies that inflicted so much pain, but I'm just going to say this. So um, getting a silver and gold numeral four letters EVA tattoo on my body, uh, that's going to be a questionable choice for you guys. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> that was a very painful episode to listen to. I mean, it was hilarious, but I felt for you both. You got cut off. And here's like a metal Mitchell. Metal Mikey again. You know, again, Justin, I love you. How the hell are you able to leave 10-minute messages when I get caught? <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't on purpose. That was the last Ow. time he called. All right. Uh, going to have charisma to keep the machine going. Yeah, charisma. Fat Albert. <laughs> You're baby. Charisma. You gotta have the charisma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Mikey. Uh, is that it? <laughs> that was it. He didn't try. He didn't. He didn't bother again. He fucking tapped out. <laughs> um, I don't recognize this number. So next voicemail. Hey boys, it's Sammy. Oh, over there you go. GGTMC. Hey, I was calling Heard. in. Uh, listening to the review of Mischief, a film I personally love. Uh, not a great film by any stretch of imagination. I'm listening to you guys talk about it right now. I don't even know what your scores are. Um, but this genre of film is a particular favorite of mine. Uh, and I think it goes to what you know Alex was saying and what also what Tom was saying in a, way, in a way, too. What you guys were talking about was there's something about this era, right, uh, and I love this about old films, too. I love the idea of the guy that comes home, uh, you know, not to sound misogynistic, but I love the innocence of the guy that comes home. You know, the food's ready, the family's there. But now the family, you smoke your cigarette at the table, you eat your steak every day. You know, that simplicity of what we didn't know yet. That part I love. Also, what I also love is the uh, is the uh, the innocence of the music, the innocence of the time. There is, of course, you know, TV and X, you know, everybody's trying to get laid. It's like teenagers have through eons of time. But the innocence that's involved with the 50s and with uh, these teenage sex comedies is what I always remember and what I always take from them and love from them because they they have a special place for me due to that. They, they just really capture that really well. And, you know, we all went through that. Maybe not with, you know, hot rods and, and all that stuff. But we all went through a time period where we you know, we're pursuing these things. And, you know, as time goes on, you become a more withered soul or, you know, you just become more enamored with everything else you have to become enamored with in your life. 
you forget sometimes how simple and innocent life was at one point. You wake up in the morning, you may go ride a bike, you may go do something else, you might look at cars, you might dream of the car you're going to get, blah, blah, blah. But all of you guys always, you know, all of us guys always, there was always that one girl in high school, or maybe a handful of girls, right? There's always this one thing. It's universal. And I had a handful American in culture, high school, but it wasn't with a girl. And it just works. That's it's my like, dick. It's really good, like ice cream. That's what these films are like for me. They don't even have to be good yeah. for me to love them. I mean, when we reviewed Love Lines a while back, it was a simple, it was almost the same kind of film. But uh, when me and Brian, uh, Rupert did it. But it's, it's that, that genre, that innocence. <laughs> and I think it, it's seriously lacking in today's teen sex comedy. Today's teen sex comedy is a lot more hateful. Uh, that's our society now. There's a lot more anger in it. There's a lot more there's negativity talking. in it. It's not quite so innocent. <laughs> and uh, I think it's what's really missing. Uh, I might be wrong, but for me, that's what works. There's something very sweet and innocent about these crazy sex comedies from the 80s. And this ship really is an underlooked gem of that genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the film. Also, uh, that actor, Doug McCone, McCone, McKeon, whatever his name is. I remember that dude in On Golden Pond. A little, he played a little bastard in On Golden Pond. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that that you know he he, he was this little bastard kid in, in a way. But you know Henry Fonda was even more of a bastard. And, uh, and I remember watching that movie so many times because of that relationship. But anyway, yeah, great film, man. Henry Fonda raped him. You guys that was nice. Him. Yes. For many many years, Kelly Preston was my crush, so to speak. Whoa! I mean, bent penis. All right, good luck. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bent penis. Next voice. <laughs> this is from Tennessee. All right, I had to call back like every other Silver and Gold listener because I forgot to mention what I thought of American Graffiti. Well, I don't have a whole lot to say that hasn't already been said. I haven't listened to your review of it, so I don't know what you guys think of it yet because I'm sending this voicemail. But I do know that I still consider American Graffiti George Lucas' best film. Uh, what? It's not the the titan that became his life after this, but what's, what's that, if you what's think about his early work, Clash of the Titans, the promise yes. of his early work, which I guess eventually paid off, at least financially, uh, is pretty amazing. This THX 1138 and American Graffiti, both pretty amazing films. In a lot of ways, both are better than Star Wars, although I think his first three films as a filmmaker are amazing. THX 1138, uh, you know, American Graffiti and Star Wars. I believe it's the first three in a row. Everything after that, eh, you know, even the production stuff, eh, you know, I don't really care. But those three films right there, that's a trilogy for me. But it's not a popular opinion. A lot of people love everything he did, Star Wars and after. Uh, but me, I've always been a fan that, that, you know, unfortunately we lost potentially a great filmmaker to a very, very lucrative career, which wasn't a bad thing because I love a lot of things he's associated with Indiana Jones and all that. But we lost a potentially great filmmaker to the machine <laughs> in that case. Uh, don't hate him for it. Wait, you hate Indiana Jones? Is that the fart for Indiana Jones? <laughs> no, it's just a fart. <laughs> no, uh, no, wow. Uh, plays love for him either. Because I, I think he is what is wrong with uh, Hollywood. He's for, everybody wants to be George Lucas. He is what's wrong with Hollywood? They all want to be George Lucas. They all want to make millions and millions of dollars on one property. Think about everything that comes out. It has to have many crossovers and soundtracks and action figures. Everybody wants to be George Lucas. And, uh, hey, who, if you want to be financially stable, who can blame him? But that's just my opinion. Not a very popular one. Anyway, I'm getting gas right now. 
Uh, See, I told put the nozzle in the hole, so I thought of you guys. I thought I'd call back. And uh, now I'm going to put some crickets on my penis. Uh. Drive home. Send you a picture later. Later. He said he'll send a picture later. Uh, <laughs> great. Send away. So wait, you don't put, like put it on GGTMC? You don't like Indiana Jones? No, I like Indiana Jones. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Trying to add a little charisma. Yeah, the, he sounded like he was a little bit, you know, he was a little bit bored. I could see that. The you were a little bit bored. The um, not saying that George Lucas is the. No, Sammy the sounded like he was a little bit bored. Oh, oh, oh. Well, he's pumping gas. He's the, got, he's got that uh, uh, southern that Kentucky kind of laid back thing. You know. Yes, he does. Like Dennis Condry. The uh, <laughs> sleaze <laughs> man. God. Um, the, <laughs> that's so dirty looking. <laughs> Phil, Phil Hickerson. I don't know. It's whatever. Remember one of those guys. Um, I could see that totally. The you know George Lucas, not not like an evil force, but you know having such an influence in 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 Hollywood, where you know the art of cinema kind of gets pushed to the side when and you, when you start making things that you know or that, yeah. at least that you hope are just going to sell. You kind of sacrifice a vision for the sake of uh. you know having some tits or some big robots or something you know just i wish lucas would put some tits in his fucking movies not a chance besides i mean carrie fisher i mean everybody loves the metal bikini but man that i'm telling you what if they would have followed up on that incest relationship with her and luke it's been (laughs) fucking awesome like taboo star wars taboo and then get vader in there with a little you know james earl jones poking her too it's probably been written it's probably been written somewhere just look up some fan fiction (laughs) oh yeah i I mean i have shit i was looking up fan fiction of uh fucking uh martina hingis and uh and uh these female tennis players and they have them screwing their dogs and that locker room and everything else it's great uh fan fiction yeah, and that's for mischief. He's right. It's it's not a great film. It's it's just one that, and I know he he's kind of talked uh, negatively about nostalgia before, but it's it's one of those ones that's just you know, it's soaked in it. You know, it's it's something that you you enjoy things that remind you of different times for that reason because it's a, that nostalgia that you you know it can be a bad thing. Um. When it you know when it brings up sour memories or or whatever, but you know yeah, this is like you can't live in the past, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta, you got to keep on. You got to you got to just keep on keeping on. You should make that into a song. The dusty roads with say when he was being talking about taking on Bear Windham and the Fall Hoffman, baby. <laughs> dusty hasn't been on this show in a long time, baby. We need a we need a fucking. Promo. Speaking of Dusty, you say that every goddamn week. God, we really need one. All right, next voicemail. Fucking promo. I know crickets. who this. I know who this is from. Yeah, just crickets. Just two minutes of creak. Two minutes of creak. Silver and gold. <laughs> All right, you. This is a familiar voice. One of your favorites. Hey guys, the cinematic is just noble to bring it on. I'm actually going to call the movie I like this week. Believe it or not, it's yeah, I like movies. It's oh, not that type of shitty. Uh, this one's a Zom recommendation. It is The Hunter, starring Willem Dafoe and Sam Neill, and it is fan-fucking-tastic. Loved it. Um, gorgeous. Oh, okay, sorry. I uh, kind of messaged you. I thought it was getting cut off again. 
see you guys have me on like this like red alert now or something here like a beep or something to expect to get cut off. Anyway, uh the hunter. Excellent, gorgeous cinematography, very well acted. I'd say it's probably one of Defoe's best performances. Very tense thriller when it wants to be, but it's also very great drama as well. And, you know, kind of a man, you know, who's, you know, hunting for the Tasmania, uh, one of the remaining Tasmanian devils, but he's also, in a way, kind of finding himself. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, they, he, with the place he lives in, there's the two children there. And that actually scared me when they came on because, you know, child actors can be very annoying, but these child actors were annoying in the sense that the cute kind of annoying that you'd expect from an actual child, the, uh, what's this, what's that, so, you know, I think I, you know, it, well, we all were like when we were a child, enough that it's actually not annoying on screen because it's more innocuous than anything, mm-hmm. it's not like we see most movies where they're just blatant, like the kid knows they're on camera, so they're mugging it up, the, the kids don't act like that, um, and they're just, they they never appear smarter than they do a lot of times in films. They'll make them smarter than they appear. They'll just give them really cheesy dialogue that's done horribly. Here, I liked it. I, I liked uh, Will Defoe's interactions with him. And I know Zah mentioned it, and I did too. I got very misty eyed at the end. So I uh, definitely recommend that from everybody to everybody. And it's actually a good film that Cinemascus is recommending. No yeah. cookies or Goliath this week, which. I guess I'm not going to get that copy of Goliath, am I? Uh, I'll wait, and if I don't get it, I'm going to watch it some. Oh, well, you're getting something. Uh, <laughs> All right, keep up the good work, guys. Oh. Yeah, well, there you go. Justin hates kids. And blind people. Oh, oh wait, that's me. I don't blame him. Little brats. All right, one more from Justin. Jesus Christ. Remember when I called in and said I had no bad movie to talk about this week? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're going to talk to us just about The Hunter. I wish that were the case. I'm calling in, but not to cheerfully talk about a bad, but maybe fun movie. Just rip apart something like, you know, Ginger Dead Man 3 or Two-Headed Shark Attack. I would gladly watch any type of shit you bring to my attention over what I just watched, which I can safely say is the worst movie I've ever seen, and that <laughs> is saying a lot. Huh. A little film that just got released called Where the Dead Go to Die. Or, as I like to call it, where good case goes to die. This is an animated film that more or less looks like cutscenes from a really shoddily made original PlayStation game. But it is sick, twisted, vile. Any slanderous word you can think of in the book, I don't mean, if slanderous is a word, I'm not really in the right state of mind right now. He's uh, basically, a demon dog takes a bunch of people and kids uh, through hell. Keep- Tells them to kill their parents. The dog bites his father's, the kid's father's cock off, rips the mother's <laughs> baby out of the way. It's, it's disgusting. I don't even like so talking far, about so good. Um, Sounds good to me. This is probably the closest ever, I'll ever get, and better be the closest I ever get to watching any form of, I can't believe I'm saying this, child pornography, because in this film, a uh, uh, father tapes himself having sex with his daughter and makes this deformed child with a fetus on his head, fucker. Uh, I guess the only reason this isn't class, the only two reasons this isn't classified as child pornography is because it's animated, and two, obviously it cuts away from any insertion or nudity, but it's pretty fucking close, and I honestly think the director should be arrested. What's this called far, again? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, because what, what I just had to like, witness. Gotta see I honestly feel I might get in trouble for watching this, as if this okay. is some weird underground movie that somehow got him released. Apparently, you know, there's Blu-ray and DVDs of this on Amazon. This just feels 
like the closest thing. Like if snuff existed in animated form, this might be the closest you get. It's probably also a bit the reason it can't be classified so much as that is because it does look so terrible and a lot of it is laughable. Well, laughable is a bad word because honestly, you can't laugh at this. You just have to look away and cringe. We just did. After a while, you do become desensitized. Mm-hmm. But you just kind of stop caring. But you really just wonder when this is going to end. And I had to cinemasochist Justin, if you didn't know this is me oh. and who else the hell else would be talking about this. I honestly just I can't explain this. All right, I, I don't want to explain this. I wish I could go back and tell myself right when I picked this up going in cold saying, eh, maybe I'll review this, you know, small independent film, you know, that's what, you know, I, I like to review and that, I wish I could tell myself, no, no, I wish I could invent a time machine just to go back and say, no, do not waste your time. And this is the first time I'll ever say it because I never, ever felt that I've at least wasted my time. I might hate a film with a passion, but at least I have a story to tell this. I don't want to tell this story. I am because I almost feel like somebody in the a witness to a crime scene that just has to like <laughs> tell the police or anybody of this, this, this vicious, disgusting, vile act that I just seen. I'm picking my nose. I really am at a loss for words now. I don't know how else to describe this. I honestly am starting to believe in hell. If he starts crying. I'm because gonna this is what they have to be showing those <laughs> who are in that. Actually, don't let me phrase that. If there is a hell, which man, yeah, I don't really. But if there is a hell and there is a fate, even he would think this is just a bit too much. This would be cruel and inhumane to watch people like make people like Jeffrey Dahmer watch this. I bet you. I know there's a movie coming out or is out now. He's he's doing a better job of selling this movie at first. The longer he talks, the more I want to see it. And women on death row, and you know, is it good or a bad thing to have death row? I'm thinking if you were to go to those same inmates and you told them that they could watch this or you know stay on death row, they might start watching us and say, you know what, death row actually sounds like a good idea, because at least it gets them away from that. And yeah, maybe a bit too far, I, I don't want to offend anybody on that situation, but too late. Yeah. Alright, uh, you know I gotta stop. All, right, all I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna go into the bathroom here, I'm gonna puke my guts out, and I'm gonna get in the shower, a nice hot shower, to clean off all this filth that is on me. So You're gonna put a toothbrush in his butthole. Oh my worst enemy! I wouldn't wish this from anybody. I wish this didn't exist. I wish I didn't watch this. It's the worst film of Cinemaster has ever seen. If I ever ever find anything worse than this, uh, I may go clinically insane, and you may never fear for me again. Who knows? Because this this is hell in a handbasket. This uh, it's uh. yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Shit! Uh, hang on, I'm gonna rewind. This you thing. know what? Guess hang, what? Hang on, that's what you get for fucking uh, sending us fear and all that shit. Movie to talk about this week. That I was actually gonna talk about just just about the that with the case. Cheerfully talk about a bad but really fun movie. Just rip apart something like you know, Ginger Dead Man Three come on, come or Two Headed Shark Attack. I would gladly watch any type on, of shit you bring to my attention. Over what I just watched, which I can safely say is the worst movie I've ever seen. And that is saying a lot. A little film that just got released called Where the Dead Go to Die. Where the Dead Go to Die. There you the go. Dead Go <laughs> to Die. Okay. Uh, where the Dead Go to Die. Does it have like 
uh, fucking Shanana is <laughs> <some> fucking soundtrack. Well, you know what, Justin? I don't feel a bit sorry for you. Suffer. You deserve it, fucker. I shouldn't be so tough on the poor guy. The poor chap. I don't even see. It's not even on. I don't know, I don't know where he found it. Probably in the goddamn... Uh, okay. Now, let, let's just... We'll mark this as... Is this episode 34? Yes. Episode 34 is the first time we ever got feedback about somebody reviewing a child pornography movie. <laughs> it, did, it only took 34 episodes. Now it'll start Now it'll start appearing on the Facebook group, too. <laughs> okay. Well, they have a trailer. We're, we're the dead goat to die uh, trailer. Well, whatever. I'm sure it's probably not even that bad. <laughs> it's probably funny. Well, it is. I mean, it's a cartoon. Is it? No. Yeah, he said it was animated, and it was really shitty animation. Oh, my there's God. Ugh, it is like animated. It looks terrible. Animation out of a video game. Well, there's a woman hanging. It's like that fucking Burn. thing I saw with um, uh, that one that like the 12-year-old made. It looks like the animation from that almost. Oh, yeah. she's not hanging by her neck. She's hanging by a gas mask. <laughs> Ooh. All right, Ew. that's it for feedback. What the hell's that? <laughs> this is going to be like the ring if you watch it, and then the phone rings. <laughs> um. So next week we're going to go. Well, that's it for feedback. So next week we're going to do a double feature for Alan. Yeah, one he recommended a, a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to do a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is a bad name or not. A, not that there's anything wrong with that double feature. <laughs> yeah, um, we're gonna do uh, Rainier Werner Fassbender's Querelle from 1982, uh, starring Brad Davis, who we just mentioned a few minutes ago, and Franco Nero, and uh, the Leather Boys, uh, directed by Sidney Fury, 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 from Nick 1964. Fury. Um, so it's about, uh, you know, men kind of questioning their sexuality. Um, so they're gay, but they're questioning that they may be straight. Yes. No, yes. I think, I think they're kind of discovering the, Hey, I kind of like the butthole. Hey, I like the smell of pussy. <laughs> or maybe not. Don't all this time. I thought I was gay. 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 No, uh, well, you know, I'm not even going to say anything because everything will be just misconstrued. In in comedy, you know, sometimes you go places you shouldn't go, and people take it the wrong way. So it's well, it should be interesting. It should be fun, uh, fun to discuss. So, uh, Quell and uh, loop your buttholes up and listen next week. <laughs> <laughs> Already offending people. Ah. Um, Why would that offend anybody? I don't know. I got poop. <laughs> So uh, thanks to everybody that's fed back. Um, check out thanks, uh, fed back. Justin at Freaking Awesome Network. Uh, Metal Mikey has Action Attraction. His action podcast. Fat Albert at Action Attraction. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sammy at whatever podcast he does. I don't know. Can't remember the name of it. Something, something small. Nobody listens to it. Yeah, outside the cinema. Um, Love that show. Uh, and we played a new promo this week for... Um, for I can has podcast uh, Mel and and Stefan do that yeah one. and um, what other pot what other 
I don't even remember the other ones I played this week. I'm bad. Chinstroker versus Punter. <laughs> Happy birthday to the Hit. <laughs> oh yeah, GGTNC. Happy birthday, Hit. I know you don't listen to this show. You don't even know who the fuck we are. But yeah, uh, he does. Happy birthday, anyway. Motherfucker. No um, Flyers. Woo! Beat them Penguins' asses. Oh yeah. Did three goals and came back and stopped Sidney Crosby's asshole. <laughs> I saw the. Uh, one of the managers at Apple last night had it up on uh, like a bootleg feed of it up on one of the computers. We were watching the overtime, so it was a good oh my game. god, I go berserk during fucking hockey playoffs. I'm telling yeah. you, uh, Red Sox have had a shitty couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the way that the Yankees and the Red Sox are starting out the season. You know, I know it's a long season. Yeah, but well, uh, I mean, it's, prob- it, it was worse last season. Last season was a worse start than this. So. Yeah, Oof. they'll be all right. Maybe. Hang in there. They'll be okay. Okay. Um, that's about it for us. Um, do you have anything else? No. I'm no. going to go take a big dump and watch two gay movies and get them out of the way. I'm going to go eat some food and some pills and suffer through a weekend of the at the movie theater. <laughs> Always like when people talk about eating pills. <laughs> I'm going to eat the hell out of some pills. Eat a big handful of fucking somas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, they just relax you. Just relax you. All right, your heart muscle and <laughs> what? I'm not laughing. I'm gonna go take a nap. Uh, <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Thank you. We love you all. And Zom, join the Facebook group, please. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't say all that stuff. Join our Facebook group. Um, you might see Zom there someday. Uh, Silva, Silva, and Gold. Just find us on Facebook. Um, you can find our podcast. Every, join uh, at your own risk. Join at your own risk. If you like yes. pictures of blood, dicks, uh, and crickets, you will fit right uh, in. And big uh, booties. Um, and uh, silverandgold.com is our website. Mostly blood and crickets and shit. <laughs> um, dicks. <laughs> dicks. Uh, and find us on iTunes. Uh, send us feedback at 206-339-1600 or uh, feed, uh, send us email at uh, silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us uh, MP3 feedbacks there, too, if you prefer. Yeah. To and or Betamax. So, or Betamax. Just send us a tape. I'll figure out how to record it somehow. Horror awesome. Hound is uh, September 7th through the 9th. Linda Hamilton, Michael God. B., uh, some people from that. Aliens. Uh, when is Labor Day? Sabine. Huh? When I don't is Labor know. Day? I don't pay attention to that stuff. Labor Day, September 3rd, because my wife's going out of town to, for a wedding around Labor it's Day. It's Indianapolis, Indiana, and Aaron is supposedly going to be there from Hawaii. Look out. I know that Justin Oberholzer... Uh, the cinemasochist said that he was going to try and be there. Now he may be in prison for watching that fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> so he may not make it, but uh, I've already made the call. We'll see. Uh, we have his address. So yeah, we're, do- we're going to get the authorities are going to check that fucking hard drive. It's, it's a long ways away, but you know, I'm not, uh, I, I, I hope that I hope to be there. Let's just say that. I don't want to promise. <laughs> you but hope I hope to be at the to last be. one, too. If I find well, out. I know, but if, if Aaron's coming all the way from Hawaii, you, have which, no you know, that that would be kind of, I mean, you know, yeah, if I can talk to Aaron all the time. Oh, God, I need some sleep. Do you know, it's, it's, it's like almost as fucking far because Justin lives in Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, I live. I thought he lived in Ohio. No, he lives in Pennsylvania. Oh, weird. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. He did say Amish country the other day, didn't he? But the funny thing is I live approximately – like I can be in Pennsylvania in probably like less than a half an hour. Uh-huh. Okay, and I can be in Pittsburgh in an hour and a half. He lives like as far away from me. He lives in Pennsylvania, and he lives as far away from me as you do, I think. <laughs> no shit. He, he must live like up around like New Jersey or Philly or something. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Good. 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 Uh, that's it for me. I'm going to sleep, like I said, five minutes ago. We started rambling. Um, uh, We'll see all you magnificent bastards next week. Until then, this is Loaf. Oot. Uh, Bye-bye. Ashley Judd. Meow.